You're listening to episode 255 of the Major Issues Podcast, where we're talking James Gunn's new position in DC, the Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special, and the comic World War III. Major Issues starts right now! Hello everybody out there in comic book land, my name is George Serrano, aka The Don, and if you're listening to this, you can only be here for one reason, and that's to listen to a brand new episode of the Major Issues Podcast, brought to you by ComicBookClick.com, and as always, I'm never alone, I'm joined by the astonishing, the magnificent, the marvelous, A-Rob, the Marvel God, let the people hear you. Me, 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 me. What up, y'all? It's your boy, A-Rob, the Marvel guy. How y'all feeling today? I know I'm feeling good. I hope y'all feeling good. Right here, some good comic book news today. <laughs> we have a lot to talk about today as Man. far as news. Uh, we're going to get into um, later on. Our topic of the day will be World War Three, the DC epic that kind of shows you how Black Adam really does run up man. here in these streets. <laughs> so, man, for a hot second, you can do man. Just go go ahead and tell the folks about this man because he 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 is pretty brutal. He brought a whole new level of brutality. I think I think someone glanced this perhaps in writing for uh, the Black Adam film and just picked out certain parts, but hopefully we'll oh, be able yeah. to see something like this in the full. Uh, you know. In full, you have to turn them bad again, but we'll figure that out somewhere down the line. Yeah, we'll get there. <laughs> but we we don't we don't want to talk about that far flung future. We want to talk about maybe just a little bit into the future, um, because we have been what is it teased, tintillated Man. with all the trailers that have been coming out recently. So many just clips and trailers and this that and here's this to tease you. Here's a taste, but no, I want more. Like man. And it, like it's been, said, it's been ridiculous. No, 100%. And like we said, every little bit that we get, we want a mile. We pull the string of anything given to us. So without further ado, I know you've scoured the multiverse for the latest and greatest things to come to comic books and comic book media news, rumors, and speculation. So ladies and gentlemen, here is A-Rob the Marvel God with the news. I have scoured the multiverse for all things. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> More of that later, but no, for real though, man, the, the, it has been crazy with the news. We have news from, man, DC, Avengers, Fantastic Four. We got things from individual Avengers, but we got breaking news on the Warner Brothers front and a little bit on the Marvel side. But just we're going to start just a little bit, just a little bit of the rumor mill, people, before we get into the breaking news, a little, little bit of the rumor mill. So grab your salt shakers, y'all. Grab them. You right. know, just they should grab them. But you know, rumor has it that Vision, our boy Viz from WandaVision, has his own series in development called Vision Quest. I, hey, it's we finally get to see what's up with White Vision. He flew off into space and we literally don't know what happened. Did he land back <laughs> at home? Did he, did he join the Thunderbolts? Did he, he join like the new X Men? Like, where do you go? What's, what's your thoughts on this, George? So I'm wondering, right? Like, what? All I could think is that there are several pieces on the board for Marvel that are not exactly where they want them. So they're going to be using these shows to kind of shuffle people around to get them all lined up for whatever big thing is coming next. Um, a lot of people have speculated that White Vision, even when he was shown on WandaVision, um, was a 
hint that we could possibly be getting a West Coast Avengers of sorts, you know, stuff with Kate Bishop and stuff like that. So that's an uh, interesting thing. Um, I wonder how you make a show about a mind wipe robot compelling a bit. Like, you know, like maybe it's like super, yeah, maybe it's super introspective. Yeah, because he did. Well, since White Vision is his own entity of its own, since he was created outside of the hex, and he, his, well, the vision inside the hex did give him his memories and experiences, but the White Vision doesn't have the emotional attachment to him. Right. So, you know, kind of like in the comics when he was destroyed and they brought him back as the White Vision, he was literally like a blank slate. And that's kind of what ended his and Wanda's relationship. Oh, no. I just thought about it. Oh, they, they could possibly do Tom King's vision if, what if what if there's a seed of family in this vision, right? Yeah. What if there's a seed of of what he experienced and what he witnessed in Westview, what he saw, because he did choke up up Wanda. I remember he was like, yeah. hey, honey, hey, honey. He <laughs> grabbed the face. Yeah. Almost. <laughs> Mush her face. Yeah, uh, almost Black Adam's her face. It's going to be You know what we're about to start calling it. But, um, <laughs> I mean, that would be super cool. I love that Tom King Vision book where he tries to have his own family. Um, you know, we get Viv Vision out of that. And possibly that's another route that they can go with this. A oh, younger yeah, Vision quest. You know, yeah, vision, he literally know? goes on a quest to try, to try to create his own family. And that's how we probably get the Vision family, his own yeah. little Android family. And, and how messed up that goes. Like that, 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 that could, is Like a, just up. a bunch of like this white Vision <laughs> finds a whole like warehouse of just old destroyed Ultron bots. Reworks them to make him look like him, and they're just all puppet, ragtag, oil dripping like blood, just pop, propped up on couches, and just. Eh, eh, hi, like, honey. what's wrong with this? Can I have my family? Can I, aren't I allowed to have my you family? You see Sam, Wong, Shang Chi, <laughs> like she'll walk in on this, and they just all like, just what? Oh, vision, no, no. And then, they, they, and then the white vision finds out that Wanda's dead. He just loses it, and we have another Ultron 2.0 situation. <laughs> Well, what's funny is Vision is also another remnant of Tony, the Tony Stark of it all, right? Like he, yeah, Jarvis. He's also something left over from that. So um, it's just funny how his influence just keeps screwing over <laughs> people <laughs> since he's been gone. It's just the like echoes of the mistakes over. of Tony Stark just still reverberate throughout the MCU. I love it. I love would, it. would you Give put? Would you? Horse. Would you? Con- would you continue like the whole Hayward? You know that guy's a bunch of vibranium. You know, oh yeah, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, with Hayward, that just opens the bronze, the whole storyline of Sword in general, since he yeah. was just basically just arrested. So now there's there needs a new director of Sword, especially with the another uh, kind of like leading into this another bit of news with a Secret Avenger, a Secret, ah, yeah, Secret Avenger, Secret Invasion, starring you know Samuel Jackson. It was revealed that Emilio Clarke's character is going to be Abigail Brand, who from the yeah. comics is the leader and director of Sword. So. Right. And also, she's a mutant. Right, right. So, like, once again, Marvel's still just dropping mutants in every, just every property. We're getting a new mutant, just, but not like a big name one, but we're getting a mutant. Yeah. So, and, and don't get PTSD, people. He wasn't talking about new mutants, the film. He oh, said yeah, we're no, going to no, no, get no, no. new mutants. <laughs> a new mutant. <laughs> yeah, yes. Into the, into the MCU. Oh, oh, to us. New to you. <laughs> yes, 100%. Abigail Brand is, is an is a integral part. I think she's up there with Maria Hill. I think eventually. Oh, yeah, definitely. Once, I mean, Sam Jackson 
he's not going to be able to do this forever. I would like oh, to yeah. see Maria Hill get some of uh, more of that Shield play. Maybe if Shield gets rebuilt, like she can be the leader of it, and she's so pragmatic as a character. We could probably get Avengers um, standoff where Ooh, they create yeah. Pleasant Hill and they start brainwashing. Ooh, man, that is stuff a, like a that. Deep, that is a deep storyline. That's a dark yeah. storyline, although yeah, a hundred percent. And that's how we get Cap as uh, what's his face, um, Evil Cap. So like, there's so many. They know what they're doing. There's so many different ways to go about it. What I've been impressed with, and we spoke about this when we spoke about the Sasha Baron Cohen and the um Harrison Ford of it all. I'm surprised they still got people to grab. Like they're still, you know, Amelia Clark. Yeah, is yeah, right. You know, but there's still people that they're grabbing and giving these huge roles it, to. They basically got um, the whole cast of like Lord of the Rings. My if I'm right, it's uh, Aragon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They got basically everyone from Star Wars almost. Grabbed like, a bunch uh, of Doctor uh, Who people. Like literally <laughs> every Doctor Who has been a hero or villain almost, or yeah, in some form or fashion. <laughs> it's crazy. It's so crazy. But like, I was gonna. I, I was gonna say, you know, I'll spoil it for the people to give them something. Here's a here's a tease for our for something comic book click. Uh, at the end of this year, we are actually going to do our best to rank uh, the Phase Four villains that we dealt with on Ooh, television. That's gonna be so tasty. That's gonna be fun. Yeah, it is. And surprisingly for me, or surprisingly to others, on when it comes to me. Hayward's up there because he shot at kids, man. That right. guy who shoots kids. <laughs> now, now, don't get me wrong. I'm all about the hashtag <laughs> fuck them kids, but I'm not about to right. shoot at kids. He like, just what? Shot. Now, whether or not they were machinations of Wanda's magic, it doesn't really matter. He didn't know that. Or he didn't know what that what it really meant. And he, he just popped off. Warning shot and the way they stopped those those were headshots. I paused on. I'm like, yo. Yes, and one could perceive he shot a bit faster when Monica jumped in front of the bullets, but that's a whole other thing. That's a whole other thing. It was it was just how he was raised. You know, it's just it's just where he was raised, how he was raised. But getting a um like a a a, a more not black and white bad or good guy to lead um sword would be cool right not just a, yeah. a, 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 a obvious villain they need to play a little bit more in the lines of like well we we on the face is all good but we've had to do some pretty shitty things in the right. sake of good because that's what shield ends up being in the comics straight yeah. up like you don't trust nick fury for nothing because he's been lying to everybody about lying to people <laughs> did you hear that rumor that we might be doing a version of nick fury's secret war oh yeah, I kind of heard that r- a spilling in the rumor mill. Yeah, especially yeah. like it's gonna be like a little spinoff of Secret Invasion, kind of like because they really MCU is really gonna continue like his story of uh, the story of Nick Fury, basically him being the man on the wall, and yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah. that would be good for for him and for Bucky for those of you who eventually know, yeah. read comics and don't read comics. And you know, if you know about original sin and how all I'm that, I'm about to say we finna up, kill a watcher, bro. Are you killing a watcher it, out here? It, it will be so, it'll be it'll be great for him. He has one eye, so he literally keeps one eye on everything. Like, it, it, or just for him to okay. retire and then Bucky becoming the new like director or just like that shadowy like CIA figure, especially like well, depending on how Secret Invasion ends and with the news of. Amelia Clark's character, like I was hoping she would be Queen Veraki of the scroll, but now it's revealed that she's Abigail Brand. The yeah. sword is probably going to play a much bigger role going forward, especially with the space stories with like with uh, the Marvels and like and Guardians of the Galaxy yeah. and possibly Nova too, like, right? You know, and how sword connects 
that space and the Earth stories, they're definitely going to have ties, especially with damage control. I don't think damage control is going to be like a big overarching thing for like the space stories, maybe for the street level stories, but like right. they need like an agency for like the space stories. And we don't know what S.H.I.E.L.D.'s been doing. So like with Abigail Brand, especially her being a mutant too, and a director of, a, of, of S.W.O.R.D., Oh, yeah, I can see a lot of big things coming from this. What's crazy is we've heard over and over again, and we'll get to why the man was quick to put the franchise to bed, but we've heard over and over yeah. again that Guardians is 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 done. Like this Guardians movie that's coming is going to be the last of it. Right. Um, would they have the balls to make sure that this is the last Guardians film by uh, introducing an a intergalactic big bad worth taking down? Man, I think they're Marvel's doing a classic. You remember that Infinity War trailer where you had the spread of everyone rushing at the camera? Yeah, yeah. I, that was a lie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think yeah. this is I think this is just a thing just to hype everyone up because they did like they did James Gunn did come out and say like this would be the last we ever see of this roster of the Guardians. And I'm like right. the Guardians roster is like 30 plus damn near like yeah venom if, joins it at one point <laughs> right we got venom phyla veil like captain Norvell, norvell like nova mantis uh moon dragon like this norvell, so many... norvell would totally fit with the direction like, that we're going in now yeah cosmo like there's so many guardians that it, honestly at this point especially with uh some of the stories drax's story he really doesn't have one at this point so if he gets killed off i wouldn't be surprised rocket he might be killed off but it'd be really like sad for him peter and gamora i think they're pretty much safe going yeah. forward because especially with the the rumor mill of nova and we don't know which nova they're going to introduce they can have a love triangle like thing between richard Ryder nova gamora and peter quill you know giving yeah. more drama to peter's character you know just continue his arc of the struggle with relationships i'd like and... to see peter quill get a tony stark x happy ending like an old cabin on some planet you know, just oh, like really, my yeah, man's been through a lot, him. man. He's, He's like a space cowboy. A yeah, he 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 does need to settle down. He being abducted, being raised by space pirates, being threatened to be eaten all the time, getting dis decimated by the blip. You know, losing Gamora, fight, punching Thanos in the face, like all that stuff. And then and then fighting seeing Gamora father, then kicked in the balls twice by her. Yeah, finding out that his father killed his mother. You know, man, all that. Right. Man, oh, yeah, yeah. Stuff. Seeing Yandu die in front of him, holding his body as it froze over. <laughs> and all the hate this man has gotten for Infinity War, but can we just look at what he's been through? This That's is how he, this is what justified that. That's what like, I'm he's saying. Lost. Everyone kept telling me, bro. Everyone kept telling me, yeah, bro, but he caused half the world to disappear. And I'm like, you don't understand, though. In that moment, his world already disappeared. Facts. And, and like, you know and I mean? I'll argue to everyone at that point, I'm like, you can blame. I'm like, because it's easy to cast blame. But it's hard to forgive. Like, you know, like... You're right. I, I watched Infinity War over 80 times. I can pick and choose at any point from the beginning where you see Tony and Pepper are walking in the park to Doctor Strange. In it, like, just, hey, yeah. we need your help because the universe is at stake. To all the way to a Thor just ends up missing at the head. I can point out 16 moments where literally anyone could have stopped the snap. Yeah, you know what's crazy about rewatching rewatching that film? I always don't want Loki to <laughs> to try it. Every time I rewatch Bro, Infinity War, I'm like, come on, Loki, don't. Like, don't do work. it. Like, do it what Classic Loki did. Do what your yeah, did, fam. <laughs> uh, be a, be a, a speck of dust of debris. Um, yeah, floating and, in the rubble <laughs> in space. <laughs> 
what do you think of that uh, Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special trailer, though? We were, it looks like we're not getting all the Guardians in this, which is financially smart, <laughs> right? Like, that's super financially smart. You could just do like a, you're doing it like yeah, a Mantis, like Drax, all of them. buddy, like buddy movie. Few of them. Yeah, like, I appreciate it. It's like, it's a, a nice little reprieve, nice little holiday special. Like, I, I like it. I, I've seen a lot of mixed reviews. Like, people really are looking for, like, the grand spectacle, like, everything like people like the general audience is like how we as comic book readers were i guess like five seven ten years ago like where we just had like event after event after event you know like right now yeah. we're kind of like dry like not dried out but you know it's like yeah it's kind of getting kind of you know that's why they spread it out more you know but like now they it's they, with this with the guardians i like it it's a nice little just Nice little romp with these goofy characters before Guardians 3 really just shows all the heartache and sadness and loss. <laughs> yeah, man. Have you played the Guardians of the Galaxy video game? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the heart, bro. The heart. All of it. That's all probably of it. one of the most beautiful representations of like a like comic book characters put to a video game. Like the accuracy of like just all the characters and just that beautiful story that was told from beginning to end. That and that. I think that's what the MCU is trying to do with, you know, volume one, two, the holiday special and the Groot specials. They're really trying to flesh out a little bit more of these characters because you really didn't get that much Guardian, like, you know, exposure outside of their films besides Infinity War and Endgame, you yeah. know, so they're really trying to get more of these look, characters. Peep game, because I know you forgot about it and it's not your fault. And the oh. little sliver we got in Love and Thunder, that little, that little. Oh, yeah. <laughs> See? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> the butt end of the bread, you understand? Right, a little bit of that as Guardians of the Galaxy, yeah, just a just a little <laughs> bit of tease, just a, man. I got, I got, oh my god, no, I'm glad I forgot about that because it was yeah, literally. Man. Oh my god, like that's how quickly I I'm 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 almost worried, bro. We go through this content so fast that it, you know we chew it up and spit it out, and all of a sudden we you know it's like oh oh yeah. Yeah, that did totally happen this year, but yeah, we definitely saw Peter Quill this year. We but definitely saw um, Drax and and Mantis, a bunch of goats. So Man. it's cool. To- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> still ridiculous. Still absolutely ridiculous. But I'm I, I'm loving um, I'm loving that. This looks like a fun romp, but knowing Marvel, who knows, man? There could be a dagger underneath all this. You know, it looks man. like it looks like it might be inconsequential as hell, but then it might just be the final piece of the puzzle in all of this. You know, and this, I I believe, it's considered to be the end of Phase Four. Um, even though Black Panther: Wakanda Forever is like the true end of Phase yeah. Four. Um, but. For for a company that went a full calendar year without dropping a single thing, this entire phase oh. has been relentless, bro. Absolutely yeah. relentless. And I think that's what's been driving that we want more, we want more, we want the next big thing. But like, hold on, people, that like when it comes to oceans, there are highs and lows, ebbs and flows. You don't want to just a tsunami of stuff. You yeah. get drowned. So and and the thing right is, you can, slow. it can numb. It can actually numb the prior excitements like we were yeah. just popping about fisk and then we were just popping about daredevil not too long ago you know what I'm saying? like Man. we're already on to the next thing of it all um so i'm trying to both appreciate what we've got so far but still be have a healthy optimism and excitement for what we're getting in the future yeah definitely but like with that guardians trailer i i feel like they, they just built out like a holiday hype but there's definitely 
I feel there's definitely just more to come. Like you said, that dagger underneath it all, they're going to hit us. They're going to pull some heartstrings, especially with Kevin Bacon in this. Just the footloose. Hold on now. Everybody yeah. footloose. Like, yeah. It's going to be fun. It's going to be hilarious. It's going to be compact. It's going to be all the holiday specials and jingles. And plus Cosmo. Cosmo, the, the cosmonaut. Who doesn't love Cosmo, the space dog? Absolutely great. <laughs> I, I love that they're including... Uh, her early on, cause I think it's a her in this in this uh, multiverse, right? Because it's being oh, played yeah. by. Uh, well, maybe that's how they got them both on. It's being played by uh, the woman who played Borat's daughter in the yeah. second Borat oh, film. That's oh. probably how they got Sacha Baron Cohen on board. Hey, <laughs> <with> <laughs> hey that's so. Oh my that's god, yo. Yeah, yeah with the dagger underneath it all. <laughs> their, ca- their casting list be crazy, bro. They're like, okay, what movie? What movie are we gonna pillage next? We're just gonna go. Uh, over right, who's gonna take- play here? Are right, we gonna get this person to play you? You gonna be here? Uh, are you busy? I know. I'm gonna get you. Uh, is John Cena busy? Are you still peacemaker? I right, he's all right next. <laughs> um, I real quick because we were talking about the end of phase four. Can we just gush a bit about this new Rihanna single that came yes. out? This lift me up, my, Black my Panther soul. stuff. My soul was taken away. I, my soul went to the to the Great Valley where I, I ran I ran forever, but it was like for five minutes. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I um, it's not it's never lo- easy losing somebody, and I think uh, grief never works in, in 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 mysterious ways, um, at times. But this was written with that in mind. This this there's you can watch you can hear the song and be like, okay, well, this is a, a cool ballad for the film, but there's no way. If you've watched the first, and if you knew his impact, you can't see that this is a tribute to Chadwick Boseman. Man, like, facts. Plain and simple. And I, I sort of got emotional. I sort of got choked up just because um, one, of, one of the people that I think is incredibly underrated in all of this that no one's really talking about is the composer, Ludwig Gorison. Ludwig Gorison is fire as hell. As hell, probably one of the greatest like composers modern? of our generation. Yeah, like, modern. I think millennium. he's one of the best. Like, I think fast. he's honestly one of the best. And like, he, he um, did he did uh, Mandalorian. He worked on uh, what else? Uh, he did Book of Boba Fett. Yeah, um, he Fett. Uh, he first he worked on um Eternals. He was on Community. Community was his first thing. The show Community, oh, the, yeah. the, the 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 thing. So that's another thing. He worked alongside Childish Gambino, Donald Glover. And uh, helped produce some of his music as well. And he's known for going out of his way to find the authentic um, instruments that would best incorporate, you know, the kind of music that he's trying to make. So he literally went yeah. to Africa to do the Black Panther uh, score. Like he went to Africa, Facts. played with their instruments, found their way, you know, the talking drums and all that other kind of stuff there. All that like he went and did the research behind that. That's why that thing sounds so unique and sounds so authentic. It sounds both unique, like something you've never heard, but also sounds incredibly authentic, like like how it should sound, even Facts. though you've never heard that, it before. That, 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 any- that, that, I, that when I hear that, that that's Wakanda. That that's Wakanda. And there's like, <laughs> there's like some Rocky in that Mandalorian theme. Like it rises and rises, and you you know you want oh, yeah. for that guy. You want to fight for that guy. Riding with him, riding with him hard. And so, when I heard this song, there's a bit of like the ancestral plane in there. There's a bit of yes, you know that. Yes, like there's like a bit of the quiet moments like of kind of Wakanda, like, go, like spiritual, like yeah, yeah, it's that he man. put in there. And I'm like, damn, <laughs> like you <laughs> 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 If you had this attention to detail for a song, 
then I could imagine what you put in the film. There's gonna be oh, something man. in there that's going to break me completely. I, um, I I'm already calling it. Like Endgame made me cry like three times. Wakanda Forever is gonna make me cry like five times. Right. I'm already calling it. I'm gonna cry and laugh and be salty and angry. Right. It's all the emotions. But and definitely it's, the it's, saddest is gonna be there. I'm calling it. Angela Bassett is gonna be nominated for an Oscar, if not winning one. I mean, she's absolutely, she's absolutely amazing. Um, and that's one of the things coming out of these early reviews, right? That this film is killing it uh, as far as early reviews go. People going to go see it for the first time. Um, I think it may give another film with the same first word in it problems at the box office. Like once it gets there, <laughs> you only going to see the other one if you can't go see the if you can't go yeah. see it forever. You know, like yeah. there's there's no, in my opinion, there's no competition there. But I guess in fearing the idea of whether or not there would be, um, DC made a big hire this week, didn't they? Man, a big breaking. It literally almost broke the internet with this one, like with James Gunn. Golly. Man, they, a big move on Warner Brothers. Like, literally, like, listen to this, people. Like, James Gunn is going to lead a newly formed DC Studios along with his friend and producer, Peter Safran. And DC Studios will include films, TV, and animation studios. And the duo will report to David Zislav and closely work with Warner Films bosses DeLuca and Pab Abdi. And hold on, y'all. Gunn will focus on the creative side, while Safran will focus on the business side and production side of all things. So, you know, both are expected to continue to direct and produce projects respectively. And this deal will supposedly run on for four years. And it's and gun will be exclusive to DC. So that means, uh, I guess we won't see James Gunn after. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. Years. Yeah, he, <laughs> it's kind of put a, it's kind of put a pin in that to say that you know he really was there. But can we talk about the fuck boy way DC got this guy in bed, bro? Can we talk ahead. about? Can we Go talk ahead. about? Yes. Please, let's talk about it from the streets, right? So, uh, from the streets, we're Marvel, talking from the Mar streets. <laughs> Marvel, Marvel, and James Gunn get into a tiff, which causes Marvel to kick James Gunn out of bed and say, You know what, man? I think I'm done with this relationship because you're talking wild, spicy, and I don't think I could be with the kind of person <laughs> that you are right now. You feel me? Or the person you've been spicy, bro. Yeah, the person <laughs> you were 10 years ago, if that's who you are, I don't know if I could be with you. Broke up with them, right? Soon as they saw James Gunn walking the street with his luggage, DC pulled up in the whip and was like, hey, where you going? Let me talk to you real quick. Oh, Marvel, Marvel talking crazy? Really? You're great, oh, though. Word. You're fantastic. Matter of fact, yo, I think I got a job for you. And they just, and they put him on, they put him on Suicide Squad and they give him full, every, whatever you want, girl. Whatever you want. You know what I'm saying? Do whatever Literally you want. Gave him full control. Put your hands on the steering wheel. You feel me? Put your hands on the steering wheel. Who's in charge? Yes. Yeah, feel charge? this leather? You feel this stick shit, man? Do what yeah, you, man. you feel that room? You like, in man. charge, man. They, they, they did low-key pepper him up. They did yeah, low-key pepper him up. And then, um, as soon as that, as that's getting made, and he's like, "Oh, you know, I, I, I you know, I, I think I might, maybe, possibly want to, I don't know, like maybe create a spinoff about one of these characters." Like, do it. He's what you want. How much money you want? Right. What you want? <laughs> you know what so he's literally, one of us literally just gave him a blank check, and it said, "James Gunn, with the Palpatine," and it said, "Do it." That's it. Money. And then, and then what happened? Then Marvel pull up. See, see, they, James Gunn sitting pretty, <laughs> <laughs> and was like, 
hey, uh, if you want, you understand, like, the, your stuff is still at the house. You can still come by. You can crash, right. whatever. You know, you and he's like, yeah. teeth, do laundry. And he's like, I'm a, yeah, I'm, I'm coming back, but I'm coming back to pick up my stuff, and then I'm out. All right? <laughs> and now this news comes out where they basically propose. They propose to James Gunn, and now they put a ring on it for James Gunn, and he's staying over there, bro. That's it. Like, <laughs> I, I like the slick nature in which they romance this man into into their web. It's it, it can't go like in the future of the DCU, which I believe is being called now. Yep. Um, I, this is gonna go down in history as as I think personally the game changer. Um, what he was able to do with the Suicide Squad and even Peacemaker, I think, um, changed the game for those on the fence for DC. And he can really Definitely. inject he can really inject a lot. Uh, when it comes to him, my obvious conspiratorial mind um, is a bit worried because does he trump the rock? Mm. You know what I'm That's where my That's mind's going. Question. Or That's does rock go, question. yeah, but no, in this scene, I can only get hit five times. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> at what point, yeah. you know, how much power does he really have in the situation? I hope all of it. You know, right? No, I feel it because, like, definitely in these last like few years, there has there's definitely been like a creative tone shift in the DC side of like career uh, on their live action side of things, like especially with Joker, Black Adam, uh, The Suicide Squad, uh, Black Adam, um, and I guess with Flashpoint coming out, they're gonna just uh, hopefully not erase everything, but just change things up. But if they are gonna erase everything, then what the heck was the point of the movie we just watched? Right. So, but hopefully it, it doesn't erase it. Phase one. <laughs> right. It just it just reared us right back at the beginning. Like, really? So, what was the point of all that? So, what about Joker? 2? But you know, the Batman and Joker two aside of the oh bad multi, this multiverse of things. Somebody, I saw a post asking, "Who would you cast as Harley Quinn in the in the in the Batman universe?" And I'm like. Relax, relax. There's too much of this going on. There's too many jokes. Uh, There's too many Harleys. Uh, I'm still, I'm still <laughs> accepting relax. like Selena Kyle. Like, let him just have that. First of all, you get Harley Quinn. We have to introduce Joker, and like, yes, Joker is he in that deleted scene. He is there, but let's 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 focus on some other things, okay? When you know that won me a bet. That won me a bet, bro. Leading up to that film, I bet money that DC wouldn't have the restraint not to put Joker in it. Just, you know what's crazy? I did the same not. bet. I'm like, you know what? I bet they're going to end the credit scene with him getting introduced. And I they can't help out. it. They can't help it, bro. Really? What the really? hell? Even in the Zack Snyder thing, we had the with uh, Jared Leto's uh, Joker and Ben yeah. Batman. They in everything they introduce it. Like they need that. It's like it's like they wanted Joker to be like just the face of the DC like villainy like he's like gonna be the big threat ever and there's so Darcy. many good ones bro there's so many good ones why don't they do a Deathstroke movie like what? they like the action they like their action and stuff oh like that he God. could be he could be right there on the he has a guy like Alfred Wintergreen you know he got the money and the tech like Batman he just cuts people's throats sometimes on occasion you know right? deal with that kind of stuff like I there there's a list of people I think that should be getting the Black Adam treatment that probably are not going to. But to be fair, James Gunn gave us Starro, so we're living in a world yeah. where he might be looking in in the encyclopedia for um, IPs worth managing. Yeah. So I, I, I'm ex I'm excited for it. Uh, what people have been speculating also is that there's been Dave Batista, uh, who is like super tight with James Gunn, right? Like has right, been yeah. tight, whatever. Rumor has it he's been campaigning on his own prior to this announcement to be Bane. 
so yes, I have seen it, and I, right. I've seen the just the fan art of him just over the years since he was casted as Drax. People yeah. have, have been wanting him as Bane since a uh, since volume two, since about 2017, 2016. Yeah, like it's been there, and he wants to do it, and it would be perfect. That would be perfect casting, and that literally would line up if this. Spoiler alert, if this happens in volume three, I'm calling it. If it, if it happens, you heard it here right here on Comic Book Click. Drax is going to die. Flat. Yeah. He to is be going Bane to die. Forever, he has right? no be for like five years. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That, yeah, that'd yeah, be yeah. Great the, the, with Bane, the, all his story arcs are just amazing. Just him just getting new Venom. Just him using Venom. Him losing his mind of Venom. Him breaking the back. Him, him he getting off the Venom, Venom right? At one point, yeah. he tries to get off of it completely. He's saying he don't need it. Like, all of that. Uh, him wrestling Bruce naked in, in the game. Right. Beating, like, punching <laughs> alligators in the face without yeah. Venom and killing them. Yeah, man. Yeah. And he eventually is the one to actually kill Alfred, you know? I, oh, I think yeah. he might be back now. Who knows with comics? But, yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, that they could probably possibly be holding that. That'd be hilarious if in every movie of the Batman, there's a fake out for Alfred's death. Like, <laughs> he just keep, everyone kidnaps him and damn near fakes his death. I'm like, Andy Circus, leave the man alone. Just, just to screw with Bruce. Just to mess with Bruce. <laughs> if you're Andy Circus, are you worried about the fact that you are not directing Venom 3? <laughs> or are you like, whew? Die, I, I missed that. I'm good. Ah, uh, uh, man. When it comes to Venom 3, I really hope with, man, with Sony, they, I, they, with what that end credits, <laughs> with what that end credit, how they set, with what they set up with that multiverse and all the Venom and the Hive Mind, how they're all connected through the multiverse. They have a roadmap. They set up a roadmap. And if they somehow fall off this snake way roadmap, they're screwing the Sony-verse. If they follow it right, we're getting all. We might get the inheritors. We will get a proper Spider Verse or Venom Verse, actually. That will like yeah. lead into Spider bleed into Spider Verse, right? <laughs> and then with Spider Verse bleed into Secret Wars, like they will actually have a good lead up connecting both of these movie franchises. If Sony does it right, <laughs> if, if they do, like aside from El Luchador, El Luchador and aside <laughs> those. If they do Spider-Man 4 right and, you know, Venom 3, possibly Morbius 2, Jared Leto needs some God. redemption. More every every hero needs redemption. Yes, yeah. all the time. We need I don't know, bro. When you, do, when you do two wrong, do you really need redemption? Usually it's one and then you you nail the other one. If you, get, if you get two wrong, how many bites of the apple? Right, Fool me once, you ain't going to fool me again or whatever George Bush said. <laughs> Hey, that's true. I mean, <laughs> a fool, a fool can't get fooled again. Yeah, yeah. Fool me one time, shame yeah. on you. Hey, fool me twice to put the blame. Hey, shout out to Jay Cole. Yeah, oh, he's great. He's great, and seemingly a prophet. But that's a whole nother conversation. That's a whole nother thing, right? <laughs> for, a nother, for a whole nother, for a whole nother set of stuff. Um, definitely, like with uh, Dave Bautista's character ending in you know Guardians of the Galaxy. I can definitely see him coming over to James Gunn's because, you know, they are good friends, especially with James Gunn having that four year deal. And also the Joker, too, and the Batman thing, it doesn't fall under his like uh, provision. So that would be also be overseen by DeLuca. But like, yeah, with Bane introduced with David, David Batista, they can, he can add a definite he can add a definite new take on the character add some more uh i don't say lighthearted comedy but he will say more jokes 
more quips. Sound right. more luchadore. And he'd probably be more easily understood. <laughs> Even though I'll miss it. I'll miss that. Now, right now, my favorite version of Bane of all time is the Harley Quinn version of Bane. Oh, yes. I'm Bane. Why the fuck down again that chair? Because he looks like how I want him to look, which Tom Hardy kind of got, right? And, right. But he sounds like but he sounds like Tom Hardy, which I think is hilarious and all of that stuff. <laughs> well, when he picked up Bruce in the suit and swung him like a baseball bat and broke both his legs. <laughs> I was like, yo, you gotta be I don't mind if you're funny, but be terrifying. You saw um uh Kingpin was like joking around in Spider-Verse and then and they made a joke about how predictable he even is in Spider-Verse, but then he'll punch you and kill you. So it's like you have Max. to have both both sides of that, you know. Uh, when uh, it everyone comes loves to a lovable business. villain. Everyone loves a lovable villain. But like on the last of this rumor mill, uh, I don't think, uh, man, this this one kind of like surprised me. But at the same time, I wasn't surprised because it's so this this person, this character in Marvel is so massive. He has his own country. He's probably arguably the greatest villain in comic books. I'll argue top five, honestly. But Doctor Doom, rumor has it. That Doctor Doom will reportedly not be the main villain of 2025's Fantastic Four movie. Like, oh wow! I yeah, heard a rumor man. saying that he will definitely not be in Black Panther, which was funny because it's a rumor debunking another rumor. <laughs> right? <laughs> so, yeah, I was just about to say that. Yeah. Like, so there's that. Really the very first villain, if I'm not mistaken, of the Fantastic Four is the Mole Man or the Mole Man. Um, yeah. So I they Classic don't have character. to they don't have to do Doom. Uh, it reminds me of um, it reminds me of the Incredibles. I am the Underminer, like uh, right. That's so I want that. I <laughs> want the Underminer, like I am beneath bruh. you, but nothing is <laughs> beneath me. <laughs> what if like, I'm the Underminer, like dude, that fight would have been dope with the like that was basically that's basically gonna be the template for the Fantastic Four movie is the Incredibles as it, it should, as it should. Like literally, that they're gonna big heart have so many shouts out and cameos and callbacks to so many franchises and like team up move family movies that came before them. I call it Spy Kids, uh, Incredibles, the earlier Fantastic Four movies. Obviously, like it's all gonna be there. But like, uh, well, this is not. I don't say it's a rumor, but like it was on a podcast. I was you know scouring the internet, you know. On the insider, Jeff Schneider, he revealed the sources. I told him that Dr. Doom will not be the main villain. So, you know, it's pretty confirmed. But the, it is confirmed that he will be in a mid-credit or post-credit scene. So we are getting Doom. But it's not like getting Doom in the movie. And, and, that's, and I'm fine with that. I want them to set up Doom. I just don't want Doom to appear. For, those of, for the comic book readers, if you read Books of Doom... You understand. For those of you who don't read, you will want a proper introduction of Victor Von Doom. You will appreciate him that much more. Yeah, I also think it's interesting because, you know, as laid out, um, Fantastic Four was always coming before Secret Wars. So if you consider that Secret Wars might, might, the villain in that might be Doom, you know, I could totally see them not, you know, kind of doing a, a layup for Fantastic Four in the same way that you didn't do Mandarin straight up with Iron Man 1, right? Yeah. Like everyone knows that to be his villain. So you do Iron Monger. So he has a kind of a, a not an easy, but a, a, oh, definitive win, a definitive win, 
Well, yeah. you can kind of see that he's a badass, and then you start to bring in the heavy hitters. That's what the whole thing was with um, Ra's al Ghul, even though I'm not trying to say Ra's al Ghul is not a heavy hitter. People are more accustomed to Joker than Ra's al Ghul, which is why it was genius to bring in Ra's first in the, uh, the Dark Knight trilogy so that Batman could beat him, and then you bring in, you know, the second round is somebody yeah, a bit more. I think that's the algorithm. Like, the, the for all origin stories, they need to find or beat a character or beat the villain that's kind of like them. So it's kind of like they're beating themselves or like, the, the worst parts of, of them, yeah, where they yeah, could like, go wrong or where they could have it's just that version of themselves that, yeah, like so, like it, with that respect, like yeah, because you really can't get you can't put Joker in the beginning of Batman. Like Batman has to train for fifteen years. He he's Bruce. He isn't Batman yet. Like we and some people would appreciate that, but you know, at the same time, we've already seen that origin. You know, of him. Well, not that aspect of his origin, but we all seen him in Crime Alley. A lot yeah. of people haven't seen him just training for those years, becoming a ninja, learning all the martial arts, and then struggling as Batman, learning, like, you know, put on bulletproof armor, maybe have a grappling gun. You fight people on rooftops, you know? Yeah, I'm, like, I'm, a, I'm a fan of the, the Norton, not the Norton, the Burton uh, Batman films. As much as the next guy, Batman Returns is like a cult favorite for oh me yeah because oh, it's classic honestly it's it's when i was uh like it was the first batman movie i ever saw growing up and i had it on tape so i wore that thing out man um, same but one same. of the things one of the things about that even even those four movies in general it was very obvious that they were way more interested in the villains than they were batman at all at all Facts. Like, when you consider batman returns has two full villain origins complete from start to finish and two villain arcs Batman's just there to kind of move everything around as they do things, you know, and you do yeah. the same thing and you do the same. You don't do origin. You do one origin in uh, forever. But in Batman and Robin, again, two origins with three origins with Bane, yeah. <laughs> Mr. Freeze and Poison yeah, Ivy. Poison Ivy. Yeah. You know, so it's like they, they were very much more interested in the villains of that than they were. That's why the Batman works so well, because you're getting to see both of them build up into to become the people that they would eventually become. Um, but what a novel idea. Let's take more time. This you're showing Batman in a Batman movie, you know? Right, but, yeah, because like that really was it. Like for the longest, it was just we were introduced just Batman because everyone knew his story. It's just Batman, crime fighter, knight, you know, the criminal investigator, number one detective, ass kicker. You're like, you know, it's Batman. So they didn't they really have to introduce his origin. So they did focus on the villains up until I guess right now where people are interested. And how he became Batman. You know, we 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 seen his villains, but you know, we wanna that's why I was kind of upset when Gotham came out. I'm like, oh, Gotham or origin story about Batman, but I was like, there's no Batman. Oh my god, how much time do we have? So listen, let me tell you something about Gotham. My beef with Gotham. My beef with Gotham is I think it 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 it's built on a fundamental misunderstanding that I think breaks the universe. This is what I think. I think that the way that the story should be told always when it comes to Batman is Gotham is a place of seedy, un uh, organized crime, right? Where there's a bunch of criminals, but they're all like mobsters. They're, they're corrupt politicians. They're corrupt cops. Batman introduces theatrics by becoming Batman. Once he becomes Batman, the criminals have to now up their theatrics and they become more theatrical villains. A lot of them work like Joker was a mobster, you know, in yeah. most cases he was a mobster up front. And Same, then yeah, like Joker. him, Penguin, Two-Face, like, yeah, Mahoney, like the five yeah. ponies. Yeah, so it's started, like, yeah. 
it's all there. So the idea that that Bruce would be a young child and all of these colorful characters will have already been there makes it feel like he had to be Batman to beat those people. When I think it's the other way around. I think those people, and it's almost a kind of a guilt on Bruce. Like those people are born because um, he because of all the stuff that he did. Like he yeah. went out of his way to become a scarier um crime fighter so they went out of their way to become scarier villains literally and that and <laughs> that is a literal that's literally because the whole thing about batman is that he creates his own villains and he has if he if his hand wasn't played in a lot of things mr freeze wouldn't have been created or poison ivy or joker like he created joker inadvertently yep so like with oh man like that that realization oh my goodness because like no, yeah, it's, Bruce, it's, it's, you literally have the money to help these villains get rehabilitated if you just pour some money into Arkham. The people that you literally put them there, just fund, fund it. Fund it, Bruce. They always escape. How? You yeah. put them there, Bruce. <laughs> uh, we, 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 it, it's hard. It's hard to put somebody away long enough to escape. And even if you do, sometimes people find your tomb and they say the magic words and you bust out anyway. So, so it's like, super, yeah. super hard. Or... Or maybe even worse, maybe your granddaughter decides that she's going to go ahead and work on some things that she possibly shouldn't, opening up a portal to another realm. That's the thing that we saw when the Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantum Mania trailer dropped and Marvel hey. put its full member on the table, its full pin particles both <laughs> on the table and said, we finna get y'all more excited about a film, about a series that I think has performed the least out of all the franchises, but they go ahead and put the one of the big bads of the next couple phases in it. I don't think that's a mistake, and I think uh, we're we're either going to up the stakes of uh, these characters, or these characters aren't too long for this world. What do you think? I am so afraid for Scott. That that if if for all those who are listening, if you saw that leaked image, you would have the same fear. I'm hoping that was a variant, but that looked like our boy Scott. But that man, if if they kill off Scott or Wasp in this, this, this would yeah, that would hurt. That would hurt. Cassie yes, would be hurt. But, but I think that I think that would be the full arc for for Scott, right? Like dying a hero. Like, oh man, that, no. that would be. Uh, oh, oh no, I can't. <laughs> Okay, I I'm, not trying, I'm not trying to put you in that mic stand, but you feel you get what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I can totally see that being his full totally arc. Like, he, oh. he and in this film, he would have been cashing in on a lot of the heroic stuff, you know, that maybe he could have or should have not you been taking credit for. Th so he could be yeah. the sacrificial lamb and all this and saying, well, now I can finally be the hero that everyone thinks I am kind of stuff. And well, this will act well with that being said. That sounds this sounds like this could be the actual beginning of his hero arc, actually and then, being responsible. The great power yeah. comes great responsibility because with the first Ant Man movie, you know, he was goofing around. Ant Man 2, it, it was a little bit serious, but he was still goofing off. Endgame, the Endgame, he was serious, but he was yeah. still goofing off for the most part, like he wasn't really serious. But this Quantumania, he's gonna feel the weight of his actions and the consequences of those said actions and cassie's actions too right and cassie you know is being set up as the legacy character so one could argue 
you know, we don't necessarily need the, the OGs if Cassie's around. I'm not pushing you out, Red. All I'm saying is, in two years, when I find out you're cast as the Atom in, in, in a DC, in a DC project. Speaking of... <laughs> <laughs> Paul Rudd, if you be, do not betray us, man, please don't. Please don't. But, Yo, you about to see some. You about to see some interesting casting choices from that side because Gunn made some friends when he was over there. Right, and, Gunn, yeah. and Gunn wrote the Guardians portion of Infinity War, so you know he's down with the Russos. Then chatted up with all those people. Chris Pratt's Definitely. connected. You feel right, me? Chris Pratt, yeah, and Bryce, so Bryce Dallas Howard to come to the. Finna come to that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, and Josh Brolin too. He's done DC <laughs> movies too. He could definitely switch back and forth. And um the character who played um Shaz the wizard of Shazam and um uh, Demon Hansu. Yeah. Yep, Demon he can go back to and from like they a lot of the side characters, they they, they don't have no ties. They collected both checks from both universes. <laughs> what did you think of the trailer? Uh the trailer. Mm, I've heard I, the trailer was amazing. Visually, a, it's going to be a spectacle, pleasing to the eye. The action and comedy is going to be on point. And Kang, we see Kang gang. We was Kang. Jonathan Kang. Kang looked so dope. I have I had so many questions from Cassie wearing the purple star. I thought she's going to wear the red suit, so she's not stature. She's Stinger. Okay, cool. Keep it along with the <laughs> game. Cool. And Kang. Okay, Kang. He has the the the, the purple and the or the green. Okay, with the the blue face shield. Okay, he's not looking goofy in the comics. Bro, okay. how genius was it to make those lines his scars? That's one of the I, smartest I things I ever seen. Ever. I was like, what a cool, what a cool thing. Like, I th and I think it's gonna be part of his origin. Like with all the variants, I feel like they're all gonna have like some type of facial markings across their eyes, either paint or like scarring or just like permanent like face mask, like on some Doom or Iron Man stuff. They just wear mask all the time and it's fused to their face. I know but it's like, visual. I know it's visually apparent, but I want to say that I already get a completely different vibe between this Kang and He Who Remains. Oh yeah, obviously he's playing two different people, but wait, what a way to distance those two portrayals you know and the Gosh. thing is i loved his portrayal of he who remains that portrayal of he who remains that conversation right there is you're going to put that in a vault in your mind because it's going to be one of those things that is rewarding after all of this is said and done when he when you remember the moment where you were warned about all this where that guy that crazy man came out of that crazy secret room and he told you what was about to happen and you stabbed him <laughs> you know what I'm saying? like you, that's gonna be really told you what was gonna happen just wait just wait till you meet my variants and he warned them he warned <laughs> sylvie and now I hope that Sylvie learns the consequences of her actions in season two with more variants of Kang being introduced, hopefully. But with this this Kang, he's dangerous. He's definitely dangerous. Probably the, the most dangerous version of himself. Because with all the rumors that's spinning, I can definitely believe this version was the version that escaped into the quantum realm. He escaped Elias' wrath. Like, also, yeah. just when... Uh, when the elder gods was being purged in Cthon and escaped into the like another dimension, just awesome, you know. He just escaped. He had the tech, the knowledge, and he just got away. And Janet seems to know him, or at least fear what what else is down in the quantum realm. Like she was not about trying to be anywhere around them. 
Facts. Yeah, she, that, I, you saw the fear. Not fear, but like the worry. I would say fear. It was a little bit of like, concern. what did you do? Concern. She was perturbed. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like, she was definitely worried. Like, because I, it's been how long she was down in the quantum room for what, 20, 40, 30, some decades. Yeah. She's down there for some time. And not long enough to gain quantum powers. Yeah. You know, and I feel like that might be pivotal into what um, Kang is looking for. Like, someone took something from him. And I feel like Janet was the thing, whatever she got, she took it from him. Do you want to go into the fan speculation about oh, about the oh connection yeah. of these of these tech things that we've been seeing around? So, uh, part of his uh, city, Chronopolis, seems to be built on these rings imbued with inscriptions that glow blue, and we've seen that twice already with the Shang Chi Ten Rings and with the Bangle from Miss Marvel. Both traverse time in 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 a way. You know, when Wu was, yeah. was granted immortality from them. So, you know, they, they deal with time in some way, shape, or form. Um, and we were told that they are sending a beacon out, you know, that the, 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 the Ten Rings sent a beacon out. And we also know that by uh, activating the Bengal, other entities were alerted to its existence. What do you think this all means? How do you think this all ties in together? Now, we're obviously speculating. We don't know anything further than what you guys know. But tying in stuff from the comics or uh, just your general overall uh theories what do you think is going on here i i believe these are aspects of the quantum bands because like with the with the way wong was uh i guess analyzing shang chi's 10 rings the way he zoomed in on them and just like on a microscopic like level it looked like it was quantum energies pulsating out of the rings or pulsating through the quantum realm into our universe from another universe and especially with Ms. Marvel's, uh, ne- well, everyone's calling it the Nega Bands. I'm, they're the Quantum Bands. I, they're, they're, they're all Quasar? Aspects. Think we're getting Quasar soon? I think we're getting Quasar in, in the Marvels. We, we're, we're getting Quasar. They're, they're definitely going to introduce some space characters with the space epic going forward. Like, they have That's to. Right. But, like, with these bands, they, they're, it's all connected. It has to be. Especially with Shang-Chi and Ms. Marvel. They, they're going to form the new Avengers somehow. And these... These artifacts that literally, in my mind, blend magic and technology, they're connected. It's all connected. We're just just waiting on seeing how. And it's definitely Kang. (laughs) So do you you think the idea is that Kang is trapped in the quantum realm? Or do you think he's, like, amassing his grand (laughs) escape? from it or does he just like to rule the quantum realm what do you think is going on there is he is he chilling he's about to be told like find out that there's another world to conquer or is this his prison do you think he's just hanging out here hoping to break out uh this was his prison but with the events of loki i think that his cage is like uh well his jailer is gone so now he can't escape so now he's probably just like asking people walking by to like hey hey he grabbed that key for me and like let me out <laughs> right, kind right, of right. situation because yeah. he who remains was his jailer because he if he knew that he escaped by diverging a timeline or a timeline being happening to allow him to escape he alive with me yeah. he'll be immediately yeah. pruned and now yeah. if he remains gone now with Cassie sending a signal to the quantum realm that's his chance to escape he knows that timelines are being pruned that people are just traversing time and space with no consequence now he's just looking for his means to escape. And I think Janet or Cassie or just in general, the Pym Particle family literally has the means for him. And speaking of arcs, this might be the end for Hank Pym. Like, this might be the end for his arc and Janet. Yeah. Just 
I'm, I've always been on the fence about him since the, that ridiculous suit he wore in part two. He wore that at oh, Max yeah. suit that he wore in part two like a and the little said, like, he went to the quantum realm with it. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, what are you? What is that, bro? Like, what hey, that? like you don't have your own suit? Like, are yeah. you serious? Everybody else got these badass suits. What are you doing rocking this garbage bag? But um, <laughs> no, I like I said, the the Ant Man films have always been a source of of light and heart. They. There, there's been, if I'm looking through my mind right now, no real casualties in any of the films. All the villains stood alive. <laughs> um, missing from the trailer, Modoc. Yeah, I think they're keeping him a secret. Like, yeah. just a new life, new ancillary villain, I guess. Ancillary villain, so we get to Kang. Because, you know, every great villain, every tyrant needs a good right hand man. Yeah. And Modoc. You know, if it also you know who know the acronym, he was a he would be a solid right hand man. He could his super brain, all the tech, he can handle Kang's army while you know the just the day to day logistics of it all while Kang's doing yeah. the real important stuff. And um, <laughs> he could also clue Kang into the idea that um, the use of pin particles. He would know. Uh, yeah, he would know Facts. Scott. He would know about the about pin particles and all that kind of stuff. Right, um, yeah, since so Modoc is be... character, he's played by uh, Darren Cross since he was, you know, shrunken down, like, arm by piece by piece yeah, right? into the and, and survived somehow. Mm-hmm. Like, good lord. And that's probably yeah. explained why he has a big head and he has a big head and new arms. Yeah. Comment if y'all get that reference. <laughs> I love um, the choice to use... Um, Alton John in the trailer. It was kind of weird. Like they were messing around with that song, uh, Goodbye Yellow Brick Road. Um, it just looks, it looks mind bending. Everything that we're going to be seeing in this. Um, but there's another, there's another piece of news coming from this film. That's a bit interesting. Uh, oh, my boy. man, my man, uh, Jackson Harper from the good place has. So, all the news came out this weekend that he joined Ant-Man and the Wasp. Pause. This entire film has been made already. Why are we announcing casting now that right? he has joined the cast of Ant-Man and the Wasp? Mind you, we still don't know who the hell Billy, Chris, Billy Crystal, Bill, Bill Murray is in this. Bill Murray's in the trailer. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We still haven't figured out who he's going to be playing yeah. in all this. Actually, I heard he's supposed to be playing a character named Claylar. He's a Hulk villain who, when Hulk went to the, shrunken sw- down to the Quantum Realm, Claylar mm-hmm. was there. He was like some green, mustachioed like villain. You know, one and done kind of villain, but it's interesting how they, they changed him from there because he was a villain in the quantum realm, but now I guess he's like a ambassador now because the way he was dressed. So, you yeah. know, that's an interesting change for the character. The two biggest roles Jackson Harper has been known for are, like I said again, uh, The Good Place, where he plays a very uh, neurotic sort of bookworm who is super into philosophy and where he was in midsummer um uh, alongside florence Pugh, who was also in the mcu yeah. uh, and in there he was also a person i think uh writing a thesis this has led people to believe that because he is a skinnier black gentleman uh that he could be a descendant of some way of kang's my question mm. I want to ask you is because the Kang that we are seeing right now, the Nathaniel Richards that we are seeing in Jonathan Majors is an African-American, does that mean that our Richards family is inherently African-American uh, or 
does that leave it open for, I guess, I, that possibility? I've had so many theories ever since Jonathan Majors was casted as Kang. Just, just to be straightforward with it, I'm like, okay, so if Kang's black, that means Reed Richards is going to be black because how do you explain this black this black man? <laughs> he's he's yeah, black yeah, yeah. man without yeah. having your, your ancestors be as black as well. And with this... But this news being said, that means he's definitely going to be either Nathaniel Richards, like the or actual Reed Richards, or a variant of himself uh, just from another universe, a younger Nathaniel Richards, just from another universe. But I'm really hoping he's just Reed Richards, but he's like peering into the past, like in like a time like kind of way, like just like you know explaining how he came to be by explaining his origin on a flashback kind of thing, right? Um, but you know with. The, the actor's name is uh, also William Jackson Harper. I forgot his first name, but um, yeah, no, I'm wondering why you hide why you hide this. What I'm hearing is that he like the only thing they're saying right now is that he is playing the leader of the rebellion against Kang. Um, but again, I feel like you could have just said that in the beginning and no one would have speculated or worried or even bothered. The fact that you've announced it now, three months prior to the film coming out. I think has people who speculated. You could literally type into your Google search, William Jackson Harper, Reed Richards, and it's all over. That's what people are thinking that this this guy's going to play. I'm good either way. If he does it, I think he could kill it. I think he has that range. Um, Definitely. I've seen him without a shirt. <laughs> he has a Marvel body <laughs> when he wants to. Uh, he could kill it, you know, in that sense. Um, and I do think that he has a level of humor. I do think he can bring that devil may care uh, scientist that we were talking about. But I think that's just super interesting. If you do a Black Reed Richards, you don't obviously have to, but uh, the choice is there. I don't think there's anything inherently about Reed Richards that makes him Caucasian. Um, it, honestly, changing any of besides the thing, I guess, because of his like you know, hey, it's Globerin time. You know, I'm yeah. from I'm from you know Yancey Street. Besides also, him, no, changing no. Reed's skin color won't change the character at all. Anyone, no. anyone of any race or religion can be a super genius. Yeah, like once you transcend a certain intellect, your skin doesn't matter. Right, like, what you do I, is like it's what I you mean, do is what matters. I may not have this 100% correct, but I think people's biggest beef with uh, Michael B. Jordan being Johnny Storm was just the, the familial thing of, of uh, Sue. You yeah. know, they're like, okay, so, but then you find out it's adopted, it's a whole thing. Yeah, because but, um, in the Ultimate Universe, uh, Human Torch was black. Like, that's where yeah. he kind of drew that inspiration from. Or in 100%. another universe, like, he was black. And I was yeah. like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Okay. <laughs> So, so do you think uh, Mr. Harper is somebody of note, or do you think this was like a last-minute reshoot sort of thing, and so they're like, screw it, we'll just tell people now that you're in it, because we've just filmed it two weeks well, ago to, to cover a plot hole or something? <laughs> Man, well, Marvel is kind of famous with these reshoots. They've literally reshot re something a couple months prior to a movie releasing, like with every movie coming out. Like yeah. Wakanda Forever, Love and Thunder, uh, Multiverse of Madness, like literally every movie this year has had a reshoot at some point in time, and including Eternals. Like, yeah. So, like with reshoots, like this, it, it, there was a connotation, like with it being bad, but like reshoots mean sometimes it could be something better. And, you know, we, they could be adding something that we they could have left out and just said, eh. But it could be just changed the whole entire movie with this reshoot. So, you know, mm -hmm. I'm up for it. But the, with this note, this character being released like this, uh, him having a bigger role in the movie, 
wait and see. I think it's just, hey, I'm going to wait and see on him. I, I hope think- he's read, but I'm going to wait and see on him for real, for real. I felt like when that happened, everybody was going crazy. Everybody was talking. I mean, the thing is, we're literally two weeks away from Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Less than that, actually, as we as we are recording. We're roughly around 10 days. Um, and so, like, that's around the corner. Then they dropped this trailer to be like, don't worry. And right after Christmas, you know, you can start getting ready for Ant-Man and the Watch Quantumania. Right. Not to, not to uh, be ignored as the needy children that they are. DC decided, hey, hey, someone call Henry Cavill. Tell him to make an IG video right now. <laughs> right now. Right now. We need, because Black Adams just come out last week and people were already going talking about Quantumania. People were already talking about Black Panther Wakanda forever. So uh, my man Henry Cavill came out with an Instagram video saying that he is now um, fully invested and will be the Superman moving forward in the DCU, something that was uh, speculation for a while, sort of com- uh, confirmed, spoiler alert, <laughs> by the uh, post <laughs> in Black Adam. But yeah, tried and true, he's getting another bite at the apple. I think he's a good Superman. I also think, I also oh, like the actor. So. Um, I don't know, I still don't know what this means, because I still don't know what universe this is. So I'm 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 gleefully optimistic, but uh, everything everything pays a price. Everyone pays a price. So it, it turns out that by him taking this role, uh, he actually has left the Witcher series as uh, Geralt, and will be replaced by uh, Hemsworth, if I'm not mistaken, right? Liam Hemsworth. Yep, he, Liam Hemsworth. He's getting replaced by Liam or Hemsworth. Yep, yep, yep. Which yeah. was it kind of surprised me. I'm like that 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 paycheck. That paid that Warner Brothers that Warner Brothers paycheck compared to Netflix. Yep, yep, yep. It, it, it hurt me because I I was hoping Henry Cavill will come to MCU. Just come on, Captain Britain. Come on, Captain Britain. Cool. Come on, Braddock. Like come yeah. on, he, or come on, come on, Hyperion. Come on, we, multiverse sequel is coming. Henry Cavill would have been a perfect Hyperion. He would have been a magnificent, and that would have been a straight shot in the face to DC. Like, yep, yeah, we literally took y'all Superman. It made a Marvel Superman. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And but, now, you know, he, he, I think he has more say. Everything is talking about a Man of Steel 2. Somewhere down the line, something more colorful, something more optimistic, something more hopeful. It's just like, there's a bit of me that's like too little too late, but I, I like the character enough that I'm not going anywhere. But I can't help but cross my arms a bit. Yes, and it feels like, again, if I'm going to use the analogy, it feels like my girls come back after the fourth or fifth time messing up and saying, no, but this time, for real, though. Like, for real, this time, me and you. Oh, okay. (laughs) All right. Yeah, I guess. All right. I'm already here, so I guess. Yeah, I guess. Like, I guess. There's mac and cheese in the microwave. Just you know, help yeah, yourself. You know, yeah, just you know, just let me know when you um you back out. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna say car so I can move on. You know, uh, 100%, 100%. <laughs> but like I, I'm I'm hopeful for it. Like especially with Black Adam, like the way they introducing these characters, they're actually showing love to the characters. I believe that they're gonna show a true red and blue with a little bit of yellow Superman. Like Henry Cavill is good. They're gonna say, Henry Cavill, do what you want with this character. Be true to the character. Give the fans what they want. And whoever they're gonna get to direct it, he's gonna know the that they're gonna get somebody good. Hopefully Steven Spielberg is gonna help with it if he's not too busy or if he's not too sleepy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
at the very end of the day whoever directs it you got to believe is also going to have this stuff overseen by james gunn and that's a hell of a quality control right like james gunn and bob Eger. like he he was over in marvel for the first 10 years he's the one who set up the roblox so definitely with the literal like most famous combo character they're going to oversee the proper like just roadmap that he, this character is trying to create because like you know whatever they say black adam is the first phase in this new dc universe he he is like the cement he's in the mixer like yeah. he's the he's the ingredients now he's gonna be laid out and now superman's gonna pave it with the actual steamroller yes like, pa- superman's gonna actually pave the road now <laughs> yeah and if we're using uh construction tools he's literally is the measuring stick that all other superheroes will be measured by so you need to stick the landing with that you need to get that 100 percent correct which was my beef in the beginning i felt like because they slanted him you had to slant batman even more where he's branding and yeah. killing people you understand so yeah it was literally a domino straight, effect yeah if you keep him straight batman can still lean as he does but he needs to lean on a a, uh, a straight as an arrow Superman, you know, straight up and down. So that leaning is, is not too far. But if Superman is in any way corrupted or turned, like, and now maybe they have their cake and eat it too now because they have Black Adam. Maybe they can do everything right. that they want to do with an edgy Superman with Black Adam. And right. get, you know, ex- get that out of your system and then go and do some really ho- hopeful stuff. Because, right. like I said, I look at the D, I look at the Arrowverse. The Arrowverse has a lot of very poignant emotional moments in it. That oh makes yeah, me care about the characters. Just very literally, Oliver Queen's Oliver Queen's yeah. flashbacks made me feel more for their characters, just because of just seeing what he went through to get where he was at. You made you made him love more yeah. every season. Yeah, and I got more out of Barry and Ollie as world's finest than I'd have out of Batfleck and and Cavill. You know, like. The, the optimism mixed with the you know um pessimism and uh trying to get each other to see each other's sides but realizing that at the end of the day they're still down for each other whatever i got that from arrowverse i, I haven't got it from the dcu yet right and that's sad like literally 100%. superman needs a good counter and if if you have a superman be broody or like kind of mopey or not accepting his role in society his counter is going to be worse <laughs> and that's what they really did to bat bat flick they hold him they, he almost he let he let that man's mom get evicted, bro. Literally, <laughs> gonna let that go. He Bruce. could have bought it at any time. He bought Bruce. it after the fact. He let that man's mom get evicted, so they're not even friends. <laughs> but again, who Bruce. is the Bruce in this world? Who's the Batman in this world? Like, what universe are we in? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like for the, when this when they when they do this this next phase, you know. uh and I'm, I guess, like I said again, maybe Flashpoint is what's going to do it. Maybe Flashpoint's going to somehow, you know, maybe we're, maybe there's going to be a different actor playing Batman, but we'll figure out somehow that it's Robert Pattinson's Batman. You know what I'm saying? Like, right? Yeah, somehow, older, some way, an older version. But we keep going back to origin stuff to kind of build into the version that we'll see Ugh. somewhere down the line. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a mess. It's a, it's a, a it's hot a mess. Whole hot mess on a but- hot summer day in July. Let's talk about the balls, though, because the other rumor was that uh, Zaslav went over to ask Kevin Feige <laughs> if he wanted the job. Uh, hey, uh, uh, Twitter low-key with Nani? How yeah, dare like, you? What? <laughs> like, we're in Isn't the middle. We're almost, like, just because we're in the phase doesn't mean he's just free. Like, he's still working on X-Men. Yeah, like, he's man. working on 2027 stuff right now. He's not available. What? 
He's in the future. He's doing the Doctor Strange, moving his head around. Right. <laughs> we don't got time like for that. that. We don't got time for that, bro. Like, like they really did that. Like, there's like, oh, over here. So let me, let me ask Kevin. Like, no. Like, I, Kevin politely declined. Thank Super goodness. Bold. Super bold. I I gotta give it to them for that. I gotta give it to them for uh for being super bold in that sense. Well, I mean, at this point, like for the most part, the roadmap for the for phase. I mean, the rest of phase four is pretty much done. Like Wakanda Forever is putting a nail in the coffin for phase four, and they're moving into phase five. Like so far, everything has already been announced, casted for the most part, shot all the way up until I guess uh Armor Wars just started shooting. Uh, Secret War Ticket Invasion is basically done. Loki season mm-hmm. two has started. You know they're working on Moon Knight season two. You know these shows are already in development, so they already have this map, the scripts written out for the most part. Like this, like you know what they want to happen. So it's yeah. just, we're just waiting for it now, and you know some edits and reshoots to be done along the way. But for the most part, they have the map. It's already here. They already have everything done up until yeah. twenty twenty eight. They just have to shoot it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I'm super stoked hearing great things about Black Panther. You know, um, it, it gets me excited. Ryan Johnson, um, who did Knives Out, I love Knives Out. <laughs> he did Knives Out, and uh, he said that it takes it, it's hard to make a blockbuster film feel heartfelt because a lot of the you know the Black Adam effect, a lot of the money that goes into just the booms yeah. and bangs of it all, where's the heart of it? Um, and he, but he says that Black Panther has it, so I'm super Definitely. stoked. To see what's going on over there when yeah, it comes definitely. to that. Yeah, all the trailers and clips definitely show that there's gonna be a lighthearted comedy to it beside with uh to counter or counter with all the dark and the emotion because it's gonna open with that that cer- that ceremony. That that, that I'm, the, the, I'm the trying trailer. my best not to watch too many clips, but I have been watching clips. <laughs> right, man, my my curiosity is getting get a lot to me, but I did get to see a clip of uh, Okoye, Shuri, and Riri meeting for the first time, roughly. Hilarious. And it was definitely hilarious. Called her head ashy. <laughs> like, literally. Like, and she was like, just, it's like, don't laugh. It's like, I, I didn't. Like, you yeah. look good. Like, hilarious. And the oh, scene by was- the way, I was about to say, I love the little, and you only see it in certain trailers that whenever the title card comes up, I love that there's a version where it's Okoye whispering, Wakanda forever. This is so cool. It's so cool. Every time, every trailer is like this. There literally is a whisper in every song. You hear like, like, it's it's there. It's it's not even a cult. We are a, it's a nation. Wakanda forever. It's a movement. Until I saw the trailer again, because they just released another, another really, really cool one with a lot of action in it. Another Um, one. I forgot that they had a hand signal. Not to forget, I forgot to mention that they have a hand signal in that country. <laughs> and there's also a hand signal in the country we covered <laughs> in, our, <laughs> in our last week's uh, review. Uh, man, they just couldn't help it, huh? They just, they they just can't, they they can't help, help it. it. It's, a, it's, a, it's a craze. It's a phase. It's, it's a wave. A it, there's a lot. Yeah, there's a, there is a lot going on. But like totally. Wakanda Forever is going to break records. I'm calling it. I'm calling it. It's going to break records, and then Deadpool 3 is going to break that record. <laughs> yeah. Make a lot of people feel bad. <laughs> but, like, man, the, the, each trailer that comes out, it just shows how far, or just how, yeah, how far these characters have grown, and just how much love they just show between one another, and just as a nation, how they've grown after the blip, after the snap, and yeah. after chat, or after T'Challa's passing. 
Like that's not slowing them down. That's not wavering them. If anything, it's it's strengthening them. It's making them come together to coalesce even harder as a nation. And we're gonna see that. We're gonna see that. And to and to add fuel to the fire, you also gotta remember that we're dealing with a world in general, like as far as the viewership, right? The yeah. viewership will be dealing the viewers are a handful of people. We just went through one of the most like devastating pandemics ever. Uh, Shuri, Ramonda, Umbaku, they're not the only ones to lose people. There's going to be so many people, uh, unbeknownst to them, are going to get a therapy session in this film. They're <laughs> going to sit in that chair and, and, and really feel and, and hear what it's like to lose a loved one, kind of hopefully at the end of it, because I do believe that these films should have a responsibility to kind of show what the best of the world could be. Hopefully when we leave this, Definitely. we leave with a better understanding of how to deal with the very complex emotions we have when somebody that we care about is not here anymore, because it feels unfair. It feels treacherous. It feels like if this is how the game is, why even play? But hopefully in Black Panther Wakanda Forever, they remind us and give us reason to not only be here, but to represent those who can't. And I'm looking forward to all of that when it drops. Man, yeah, because like definitely we all process grief differently. And we're going to see how all these characters process that and resolve that in the end. Because Phase 4 started... But the phase four is all about the, the overarching tag is therapy. WandaVision yeah. was clear on that. Therapy, yeah. Fourth Falcon Winter Soldier had therapy. Moon Knight, he shadow worked with himself with Steve Grant. That whole thing in the, the mind and the wart, that was a whole shadow work session with him accepting Steve and then becoming one and accepting themselves as, you know, I have split personality disorder or uh, DID and I'm a superhero and that's okay. And getting over his trauma, like phase four is about trauma and and you know healing from said trauma and that's definitely going to be coalesced in wakanda forever and i just can't wait for it too man i can't wait that's for probably it. why i have this frustration with the surface level superhero stuff because we've got i feel like as a people we've gone past that but maybe only one company has you know what I'm saying? Maybe, that, but I only don't feel that because I feel like we work. get the same. I feel like we still get the same emotional resonance in things like The Boys. I feel like we still get that same emotional resonance in things like Invincible, like things like Umbrella Academy. I feel like yeah. the genre has moved past. Isn't it cool? You know, <laughs> like yeah, we know it's cool, but what about the rest of it? What about the right? Rest of it? And, right. What like what makes these characters cry sad? Like what makes these characters angry and mad? Like we want to see that. Like any any hero can go against a villain, but what? What makes the villain and hero story epic is what how they brought them together. What yeah. made them come to blows. Yeah. What makes they, their fight what worthy of fighting instead of just walking away and calling it a day. They spent time. This is why I think things are going to be good on their gun. Because they spent time making a seemingly on the paper, unlikable character like Peacemaker. Somebody that people could relate to even just a, a bit, but more so sympathize with. And... If you're going to do that to that character, who I swear to you, when The Suicide Squad came out, nobody knew about. No one knew who the hell Peacemaker no, was. No one knew about any of the characters, for real, for real. Right. So if you're going to take time to do that, then imagine what you could do with bigger characters like Mr. Miracle, as we talked about before. You know, um, Hawkman. Maybe you could really do all this Hodge was talking about telling that love story of two star-crossed lovers. Now, it will be a bit Hancock, but... A little bit. You know, but it's going to look good. It's going, it? 
gonna be isn't good. it? Isn't it like what we were talking about before? Like, isn't it a shame that Hancock beat that to the punch? Even though that Hawkman story's been the Hawkman story for a hundred years, roughly. literally, literally. <laughs> you understand? Like, we're twenty. We're probably like twenty-five years away from the hundred-year anniversary of characters like him in the nineteen forties when they all got brought up. You know, Superman, the JSA, uh, Sandman, Doctor Fate, characters like that. And Classic characters, man. Legacy characters. When, when he but when he shows up, people are gonna be like, "Oh yeah, I've seen this before," and that's a damn shame because I think be that I want him to get his own film. And I'm almost thinking, bro. In all honesty, it could have just he could have just been the only person in that Black Adam film, bro. It, it would have been the same movie. It would have been the same movie Little if bit. he if he just said, "I I got this," and it was all just a moral dilemma of him trying to convince this guy not to uh, kill, and then eventually, you know, being like, "Oh well, he's gonna do what he's gonna do anyway," so I'm gonna. <laughs> So I'm leave me. <laughs> I love yeah. how that's how it ended. Like no one, no one's happy. <laughs> it just, they, just like, they, eh. yeah, hey, we're not changing. We can't change this, so we're just gonna let it be what it's gonna be. Like literally, the film was just to set up just Superman. Yeah, Superman coming back. Black Adam literally was the whole movie to tell us that Superman returned. <laughs> uh, somehow Superman returned, like Palpatine. You know, like, <laughs> somehow. Superman like, like somehow during Suicide Squad, Black Adam, and you know he Superman was just he was he was sleep. He he, he star Starro attack and he he was he was busy. JSA saw Starro attack. JSA saw Steppenwolf attack. JSA saw Darkseid attack. JSA saw Black Mask getting crazy. JSA, you know what I'm saying? All right, yep. oh, that and they just kept changing the channel. <laughs> what else is on? <laughs> oh no, a, a black superhero attacking people in this country. That's what we need to go. We right. get, where was the Justice League right of America now. and Wonder Woman? Like they were, they were, they were around. They were supposed to be around in World War II. Where, where, where yeah. were they? Oh my gosh, I feel like I'm uh, beating a dead champion, but it's, it's just, it's just, it's just what it is over there. And hopefully, with the new management, things uh, the ship can get righted. Yeah, yeah, man, yeah. Well, that's all I got on the news, man. It's been crazy, man. But next week, man. Next y'all. Next week, man. Y'all better look out for it. And make sure to keep your salt shakers, man, because mine's pretty empty, man. <laughs> I want to tell people up front, straight up, and we'll do more promotion on it because now that we have the schedule, I should be better about telling people what's coming up next so they can join in on the fun. Next week, we will be tackling Doom War. Or in Doctor Doom, what happens when Doctor Doom sets his his eyes on Wakanda? You know, sets his uh, goals, his his, his uh, targeting on Wakanda, and what happens when two rulers from two different nations have to go to war? Which we it's very akin to what we're going to be watching in Wakanda forever. So uh, I can't wait to talk about that. But I have to go ahead and thank you, A Rob the Marvel God, for bringing us the news. World War Three is a 2007 four-issue miniseries written by Keith Champagne, what a great name, <laughs> and John Ostrander, and drawn by Pat Olive and Tom Derenick, with covers by Ethan Van Skyver. It tells the story of Black Adam's rage against humanity after his family was murdered, and he can only be stopped when the entire superhuman community rallies together. Now, we can't talk about a story this big, this epic, and this much Black Adam without a special guest, a man who always got the numbers, a man who's always got his finger on the pulse, 
Jagan is back to talk to us about, uh, before we get into the nitty gritty of this story, about the interesting story that is being, that's taking place with Black Adam when it comes to its promotion, its marketing, and its numbers. Uh, Jagan, you were very interested in, in how this film was going to do, being led by quite possibly the biggest action star that exists. You want to get into a bit of uh, the stuff that you might have found out in uh, researching what was going on with Black Adam. What's up, everyone? Hope everyone's doing well. So, it's actually been pretty interesting to see where The Rock's career has been heading, especially since, I'd say, around probably 2017 to, you know, 2022 up until now. Ironically enough, there hasn't been a movie that The Rock has been in that has technically failed. Most of the movies have made their box office, like, their budget back within essentially the first week. And yeah. before we even go into Black Adam, for example, you know, let's talk about something random like, I don't know, Jumanji. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> because Jumanji had a budget of around $125, $125 million. Wow. <laughs> to $132 million. And its box office came out at a whopping $800 million. Okay. Ooh. Mind you that, of course, it's been a few years since the movies came out and it's definitely made money across a certain uh streaming sites as well but 800 million for a sequel of jumanji that isn't like the og jumanji bro the og was uh less than 300 million yeah now of course we have to account for things such as inflation for um and all the sorts of different factors including where the movie was being broadcasted, whether um, it was being properly advertised or not. And, you know, um, it's kind of bizarre, but, um, you know, let's, let's, let's go with my fault. Let's go with another movie, for example. All right. Um, Hold up. Let me just find the right one. So, and I know that you're going to feel a special way about this, George, but <laughs> Rampage. Okay. <laughs> Rampage. So it has Rampage, a George in, there's a George in that. <laughs> yeah. I love the games. Yeah. Lizzie. So ironically enough, um, it had around the same budget of $120 million to $140 million. But its box office came out to $428 million. Mm. So it still doubled I would say to a certain degree, maybe even tripled up on the initial budget that they were working with. Right. And and mind you that like this came out after Jumanji. So um yeah, man, like The Rock puts in numbers, whether you want to admit it or not. And like uh and it's kind of been working that way for God knows how long. Because now when we have a movie like let's say Red Notice uh, which is a Netflix exclusive. There isn't really a budget that you can put it against. Um, it still had, it, it was still popular enough to get a limited theatrical release on November fifth. I did not know that. Damn yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> what are y'all here doing, Bo? No, but and, I just wanted to say up front that it's interesting because. Obviously, the things like the avatars and the end game—that's what gets the—that's what gets the news, right? That it's—it's it's like this thing broke a record, it's breaking all the records, yada yada. 
what you're kind of saying is that The Rock has been secretly sort of kind of, you know, uh, uh, making his money back. He's been making these investments in these films. These studios have been investing in him. He has his own production company now. And although he's not uh, hitting home runs over the fence that we perceive, he's scoring oh, at, dude. Every, at every single – every, every at-bat, the man's, the man's uh, scoring. Not only does he have his accolades as um, an actor – but it's also as an executive producer, which, sure, you know, you don't have that much of a leeway when it comes to the production of a movie. But, um, yeah, that's it's kind of wild. And, and just like emphasize, the film became the most watched film during its debate weekend, as well as the most watched film within 28 days of release on the platform in Netflix. Ooh. It also became the fifth most streamed movie title in 2021. And there are two sequels that are in development, back to back, with the original cast expected to return. Just now, three sexy people being sexy. Yeah, <laughs> The um, Rock, Gal Gadot, and Ryan Reynolds just being them. So <sighs> now, when we look at, um, you know, Black Adam, there were a lot of, um, well, not once again. He not only has the accolades of being an actor on it, he's also there as a producer, and. One of the things that I need to like frame for a lot of people who are listening in on us is that The Rock has kind of been in this role since 2008. You know, right. I actually shared a couple of posts on my Facebook. I don't know if you had seen that like a while ago, but mm-hmm. it shows like a really, a really um, <clears throat> dodgy picture of Black Adam sitting, and it says The Rock has been casted as Black mm-hmm. Adam. And this post yes. was from 2008, man. Yep. So. Um, technically, like the movie's box, the movie's total budget was around two hundred million, and it's now made around two hundred fifty million dollars so far since this debate. Um, I had made a terrible bet where if The Rock was able to make eighty million over eighty million on his first day, I would have had to watch the entire filmography of The Rock. And thank God, Thursday, <laughs> because if it came out on a Friday, I would have definitely lost that bet. Um, <laughs> is there is there any truth to the rumor that these uh, you almost have to double these production costs for, for marketing? I've I've heard that, but I don't. I'm not too privy to. I mean, um, I wouldn't say for marketing. I think it would make sense for the balance statements. Um, but like, you know, that's like, I don't know. I'm not gonna like worry about a couple extra donuts that were used at the food set. You know what I mean? Yeah. You still have mm. to worry about. Um, I mean, it's kind of like our case as a business. You still have to worry about the search engine optimization, you know, yeah. the entire digital marketing outlook, then the traditional forms of marketing, whether we're looking at billboards, and then as well, um, like trailers and clips that are being spread across the internet. All in all, it's um, rather fair to say that, um, yeah, Black Adam, it, it isn't the, um, solar eclipse of a success that the rock wanted it to be but still very much so in a success in terms of a dc movie which kind of says a lot okay hurts my soul but yeah <laughs> if you if you had to be uh uh nostra jagannis for a second okay what um, we... what what do you Give us a number, man. What do you think this this ends at? Now, obviously, the end doesn't have to be the end of this year, right? If they re-release it or something else like that down the line. But what do you see this kind of evening out at? 
Like, yeah, between like all his roles in like Jumanji, Fast and Furious, Baywatch, you know, like, where, I think where, it could go, like where do you see it? I think it could go anywhere from it could go anywhere from a soft 500 million to around 800 or 900 million, I think, within right. like the next, yeah, I, I think it, it there, there's no way that like it's gonna do as bad as Rampage, you know, let's just right. let's just oh, put yeah, that yeah. off yeah. there, but. Right. It's a DC movie. Like the enthusiasm for one single DC movie after God knows how many years isn't going to be all the way up there, which is why I'm kind of like ballparking it. And I know that's a huge number between 500 and 900 million dollars, but <laughs> I don't know. If I made 500 million dollars, I won't complain about not making 900 million. You know what I mean? Um, plus the re the renewed enthusiasm for Henry Cavill to come back into the fold is probably going to want to make people. Maybe watch a movie a second or third time. You know, look for extra Easter eggs or anything like that. Yeah. Um, I, I heard about the plot hypnosis. It wasn't the way that I wanted it to go. Probably leave this movie alone for a while. I didn't, like, spoil myself outright completely, but I don't know. Uh, Black Adam isn't evil enough for me, I suppose. But I, I, I may have had my thoughts. Check out the last episode of the Matrix yeah, no, podcast. I think I'm fine for now. <laughs> if you want to <laughs> definitely check out the next episode that. after I watch. No, but what I decided to bring to you guys today is an example of Black Adam, how he sits in the DC Comics universe. And um, I think I think there's I think just like BVS, where you can kind of see the hallmarks of other comics, there's a bit of, of this in the film. But hopefully the idea hasn't been wasted um, because I think it can be really, really interesting to revisit this uh, going forward. But yeah, The Rock is going to do what he does. The film has a couple of weeks before it has some very stiff competition with Black Adam Wakanda Forever. Black Adam Wakanda Forever. Black Panther Wakanda Forever. <laughs> um, Man, don't even play they, like that. <laughs> they should have called, called it Black Adam Condoc Forever, bro. They should have just... <laughs> With the symbol and everything. Yeah, with the symbol and everything, bro. They just should have. I mean, why? <laughs> don't, don't even try to hide it. Um, but yeah, when that shows up, that's going to be some stiff competition, and we'll see uh, if it bites There's going to be no more Black Adam. Like, I'm sorry. I'm a huge. People don't understand how much of a huge fan I am of Tef Adam, you know, which yeah. is kind of morally questionable on my end because. All in all, he is a terrible person. Um, but like <laughs> as a comic book character, <laughs> like the guy's great, you know. Um, it's just I know for a fact that with and, and let's just be completely honest here, with you know, what transpired after Chadwick Moseman's passing, with the amount of work that Ryan Kugler is putting in to this movie and the amount of spirit that the entire cast is bringing into Black Panther. Um, as well as the fact that like there are now Facebook events telling people to wear all white uh to oh, wow. Black Panther too. There there's no way that um like I'd be surprised if Black Adam was able to get away with making an extra million or two uh either on the nationwide or global box office after this movie comes out. If that comes out, then I think that the enthusiasm for DC movies like it, it should be there, and I'm so grateful. James Gunn and the other gentlemen are both now co-CEOs. Finally, yeah. thank God. Yeah, yeah, I think it's going to be a case of where it, the parents that can't take their kids to see Black Panther will be like, but uh, there's another one we can go see. But <laughs> <laughs> mommy, there's another Black superhero. With <laughs> yeah, Black like, I guess, I, that one? I guess we'll see the other one. Um, yeah. But 
But uh, yeah, getting into World War Three, uh, something I wanted to tell the listeners up front. Uh, the majority of this story takes place in a series called Fifty Two, which was after Infinite oh, Crisis. Yeah. Zero countdown, so good. Yeah, so we're, <laughs> I think it's we're, part of that, right? Zero hour. Zero hour. Yeah, we're um, um, we're dealing with a world where uh, this is post OMAC. This is post Wonder Woman killing Maxwell Lord in front of everyone being filmed doing it. So our trin our trinity of superheroes, Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman, have all disappeared. They've all hold themselves off in, in, in various areas. Um a lot of them not feeling worthy because they, they a lot of them have messed up. Uh, Superman was mind controlled into killing people. Well, like I said, Wonder Woman killed the person on camera and Batman created a satellite that freaking <laughs> almost killed everybody on the planet. So in the events of 52, the Trinity has been gone for a year. Uh, and every issue in the comic series 52 is one week in the year that they were gone. Um, I say that because you won't be hearing about Batman, Superman, or Wonder Woman in this story. Um, so like at all. Zero. At all. Yeah, at all. Yeah. I yeah, just wanna, there's, uh, there's another Wonder Woman, but it's, it's not Wonder Woman. It's what, Donna Troy? 100%. Right. It's Donna Troy, yeah. The one thing I just want to emphasize, is, and I'm sorry to cut you off, George, is that 52 as a concept was probably one of the best things to come out of comics before this major inclusion of Elseworld storylines completely sure. being phased into the continuity like 52 played with it so well um and then when it came up into zero hour that's also a lot of where the writing for the um justice league cartoon series came up a lot of the relationships that we see popularized now like catman and Bat uh, like catwoman and batman uh were kind of like uh f like the relationship aspects were flipped for like batman and wonder woman for example which was like oh yeah when the little she sips that series yeah. ships that a lot of people were enjoying yeah you could carry on george my fault yeah no no you're good and also um what it was most interesting about 52 is because the trinity was gone we got to focus on heroes that people didn't really know much about the booster golds the uh, batwoman and in this case teth adam um so i think that that's also like i've always said that they go to the Superman and Batman well too much, more so the Batman well too much. Um, so you take those characters off of the board. I hope James Gunn does that almost, you know, metaphysically, where he just keeps those kind of out of his mind and who else can we work with? Who else can we make a A-list star um, out of this? So I think that, that it's a very interesting um, publishing technique. But uh, prior to the events of our story, Black Adam ruled over Kondok, and wanted it to be a beacon of enlightenment and justice. Uh, he would fall in love with a woman he saved, uh, Adriana Tomas, who's also in the film, uh, who would encourage him to be a kinder, gentler leader. He would give her the <laughs> amulet of ISIS. <laughs> hey, man, sometimes, sometimes uh, behind every strong man, right? So uh, I can the, change him. <laughs> I mean, is, it, uh, is it ISIS or Assis? I forget. It's, it's like it's, in the it's movie, ISIS, it's but, but in the comic, it's you know more Egyptian. Yeah, it's it's ISIS because there's a god of game ISIS, but she obviously stopped using that name when the terrorist organization of right. ISIS became a thing because uh, a I want to say a character based on her was brought into Legends, um, Tari Tomas or something like that, uh, and she had an amulet as well, but she had no code name because they weren't about to have her walk around calling herself ISIS while ISIS was and around looking, and looking Arab. And looking Arab, <laughs> right. yeah, and looking Arab. Um, he would, yeah, he would give her this uh, 
give her the amulet of Isis and with it the powers of the Egyptian god herself. And together they would liberate slaves and they would eventually find her brother who was kidnapped. They got married. They like literally fell in love. They got married. And even her brother would join their superhuman fighting force as Osiris. Um, not trusting Adam, though, Amanda Waller, who always has a backup plan, she creates a new suicide squad to take down his family. So one of these recruits goes to try to kill Isis, but her brother Osiris kills the squad member first. Waller has it all on video and uses it to turn the world against the Black Adam family. Fake news. It's fake hey, news. Hashtag <laughs> fake news. It's fake news. Um, but... Um, and also, unbeknownst to Adam, Dr. Savannah, who we know from Shazam, the film, and if you know anything about Shazam, he's the evil scientist usually behind things. Uh, he'd been working against Adam, and with the help of Intergang, who was also in the film, uh, and a villain named Sobak, and also the creation of the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse, the mad scientist manages to kill Osiris and, I and uh, Isis. And Isis is dying in Black Adam's arms and says, Avenge us. That's all that man needed to hear <laughs> because all that man needed to hear because uh, uh, Adam kills all the horsemen, but one and that horseman flees to a country called Bialia insane with grief. Black Adam slaughters two million people in search of this one horseman <laughs> and after an intense battle manages to rid the world of the last horseman. And that's where our story begins. So what a what a what a background a lot. Uh, a Rob, what did you think about that? That being the, how the story starts, basically. It was sad. It was brutal. I felt this man's sorrow. I felt the betray. I felt for Teth. I actually felt for the after seeing the movie and then you know reading it. I was like, where was this at? <laughs> right. Why didn't we get right. this? Right. <laughs> where yeah. was this? Yo, that yes. might be coming though. They might be coming though. I think that that might be coming. I think that that's still. This is still very viable as a story. Like um, man, but like, but yeah, heartbreaking. I, I couldn't believe what I was reading when he slaughtered a whole country. He omnimaned a whole country. Just swapped it. But yeah. I, in in pure just grief and rage and sadness. Like I I was hoping the rock. I I was like I was so hurt reading it because I'm like Dwayne. Did you not read this? Like, <laughs> what was this, oh, man? man. That, was, read... that was like the main complaint that me and George were having. We're like, yo, we hope you read a comic or two at least before you went to make the movie. I, he had no time. He just had been casted 15 years yeah, ago. Yeah, you know, 15 years ago. Absolutely no time to do right. any research on this guy. No time. He, 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 was, he was too busy saying, hey, it's okay, it's okay. You're welcome. <laughs> that, like, that, yeah, yeah, casting them Disney checks, bro. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so, I just want to add in because I actually remember the story now. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, because once again, I was a huge fan of Fifty Two, huge fan of Zero Hour, and one of the I think aside one character aside from Black Adam that they did a lot of justice with was Deathstroke. Uh, yeah, throughout oh, that yeah. entire um thing, but just keep it on board with Black Adam. I mean, it's funny how we have because Black Adam isn't as clean cut as he is in the movies. He's kind of had a paradigm shift. In yeah. like the ancient times, Black Adam's like, "Oh, nephew, we must imprison these people and put them what we went through." And then you know, um, nephew's like, "No," he snaps nephew's neck and utilizes the power of Shazam for himself. And then now we have it, it's completely contrary to the character's nature to actually be caring. So when you get the Avengers portion of it, 
you're going back to the same psyche of a character who's used to doing things the way he wants in the most brutally violent and cold-hearted fashion that he's used to doing them in. Which is yeah. why I think like Facts. World War Three was so good at portraying an anti-hero. Like, people call Deadpool an anti-hero, which is fine. Because, you know, sometimes he'll work with Hydra Bob. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, cut cut off a head or two. Yeah, and cut off a head or two. But, like, Black Adam was straight up toppling the world regime. <laughs> yeah. Out of his out of his anger. Something that he's capable of doing. He knows he's always been capable of doing. But now it's just like, oh, cool. Um I'm I was going to be calculated about this and use the intelligence portion of my powers to wait things out. But now yeah. I'm gonna hit so yeah. And also you gotta believe he was talked off the ledge of even doing anything close to this by those people that he loved, right? There yeah. might have been times where he felt like maybe we should just go into Bialia because they're corrupt. We can take them over and you know, his wife is like, No, no, don't worry, just focus on our people. You know, I, I you know what I got from this? I got big vibes of the scene. Uh sorry if you haven't seen it, I don't blame you from X-Men Apocalypse <laughs> where <laughs> where they shoot and kill um magneto's daughter and oh. magneto oh, sits there an apocalypse live action that's crazy yeah, yeah. isn't it crazy that. isn't it crazy <laughs> yo and the, there's an actor in there uh, oscar isaac i hope he does something with marvel soon but he's fantastic yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, egyptian themed as well you know it can't, it can't hurt uh but He's there with his daughter. Oh, the moon's out tonight. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. He's there with his daughter, and he says, like, I think he kills everyone around him. He hadn't killed in a couple of years. He kills everyone around him. He says, like, is, is this all I am? Like, every time I try to live a night, a life of purpose and of love, I get brought back to this point. And it feels that way with Black Adam, where, you know, prior to meeting the people that would become his second family. He had a family very similar to what we know in the comics where the ruler kills his family and he goes to, you know, to great lengths to try to get revenge. Um, this is the second chance at that. This is the second bite of that apple and his inability to, or the world's inability to allow him to have that. Once that happened, he cares not about borders. He cares not about diplomacy. Yeah. He cares not about your women, children, elderly, all that's Facts. off the table because you wouldn't let me have what I wanted for a second. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just, I wasn't yeah. bothering anybody for a second. The world wouldn't let me have that. So screw the world. Screw all of y'all. None of y'all get to have anything. Yeah. Basically. And, that, and that's literally the crux of his character. Like, he does, that's not, it's what makes him an anti-hero. He does everything for Kondok, for his loved ones in Kondok. Why yeah. he joined the Legion of Doom is because Lex and other villains threatened Kondok or threatened to take his yeah. power. Why he helped why he helped the heroes of the Justice League because Kondok or the world was in danger and by, by extension Kondok, you know? So yeah. he literally just does whatever based on <laughs> what's what's happening to Kondok or if Kondok's in danger. But Yeah, I think in this he was just on the Justice Society because they mentioned that they had worked alongside him. But now yeah. all the teams are wondering what the hell they're supposed to be doing now because he's literally hovering above the dead bodies he killed <laughs> like literally mountains of dead bodies in the background you know and, and he skeletons and bodies blood and he, everywhere he's not, he's not ready to let it go can you imagine being in the jsa looking at that footage and being like you want me to fight him now 100 <laughs> yeah. percent. i'm literally like yo what's our insurance plan because yeah 100 percent. right like, yeah no no i'm a tyrant i'm a tired today no <laughs> 
that's why it's so weird, right? Because the story starts off with a little girl walking up to Black Adam. And she's like, uh, you know, she tries to like guilt trip him because he's standing over all these dead bodies in Bialya. And it turns out to be an attempt to get close to him. And the girl is revealed to be our man, one of the most powerful uh, characters in the DC universe, the Martian Manhunter. Yeah, um, I'm like, okay, John, that's a bit catfishy. But, you know, he he, he shows him as a little girl. Uh, it, it He's able to get the upper hand with the element of surprise and use his advanced psychic abilities to immobilize Black Adam for a second. But Adam is not playing around. He calls upon the lightning that transforms him. That burns Martian Manhunter, which everyone knows is a weakness of his. He's very traumatized by fire. Uh, he calls upon the lightning again and... Um, grabs him by the throat and basically forces him to witness and absorb all the hate and pain in and rage and, and all that stuff inside Adam's heart. Plus the agony of every single person Adam killed in that whole fit of rage. And two the two million souls. The pure darkness of Adam's mind causes Manhunter to fly to space <laughs> and just loses it. Loses and, it. And just kind of sit up there Screaming. Fetal position. Yeah. And screaming. Just, just, ah, ah, that's oh, probably one of the yeah, probably one of the most metal things I've ever seen. He's like, Oh, you want to see my mind? Here, take all that. Uh I, I assume yeah, And Martin I, thought he had a hard time with Batman. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. He seemingly thought he had this. Uh and I there's an which I don't understand. I guess that's why I'm getting uh caught up in my speech here. There seems to be an overall um, underestimation of Black Adam in these fights. Because I'm like, uh, do y'all know who y'all dealing with? If y'all did, y'all would be sending some of the people that you're sending. You know, but... I mean, that that could be a bit debatable. Because the thing is that <clears throat> Black Adam's... Man, I can't believe I'm going to say this. But I'm going to go off a stretch and say that. Um, like, up until the entire Captain Marvel debacle that happened, you know, where um, Marvel was suing DC for the rights of the Captain Marvel name. Yeah. Can y'all hear me? Oh, okay, cool. Yes. Up until that happened, a lot of the um, a lot of the publication power went to Black Adam, and they were able to write really good stories. Um, not just on the basis of him being an anti-hero, but him doing straight up villainous things, as well as the notion of him being a hero. So, yeah. Like, you have to frame in mind, like, someone's head who is currently reading 52 and Zero Hour coming off of, like, some really heroic runs for Black Adam. They're like, oh, okay, you know, yes. he might still have a conscience. And um, Black Adam's like, yo, you do you forget who I am? Like, <laughs> this this story is so good at re-cementing why Black Adam will always be willing to have evil as an option in his back pocket. You know? Yeah. That's... Yeah. Brilliance behind this entire comic, and you you kind of always just hope he doesn't go there. You know, he kind of just always hope that the what he says about his people and his country is is overall his demeanor. But you see, he has no qualms about getting stuff done when he feels like he needs to get stuff done. Um, so around the world, countries are deciding how to deal with the fact that a known dictator, right? Because he does run a country, uh, is just unilaterally invading and decimating countries that's what's on the board that you know you can feel the way you want to feel about him but he's breaking international law at this point point. Um, for those of you who don't know that that's a that's a no-no 
Yeah, you're not allowed to do that unless you're America. But besides that, <laughs> but, <laughs> besides <laughs> that. <laughs> besides, but besides that, uh, you even got the Guardians of the Universe, those blue bastards up in space going like, yo, if he pops up, bro, we might need to do something. Yeah, because... right, yeah bring us some lanterns home. Yeah. <laughs> and and then you see the JSA like just trying to pump themselves up and get ready for this fight that they know is coming. Like, uh, JSA, the Titans, the Doom Patrol, like every squad was yeah, like, they, yeah, they, we got it. They trying to get ready. Uh, the military themselves attempt an attack on Adam, but Adam makes quick work of their aircraft. He's approached by Father Time and some mercenaries, and he rips their faces off before grabbing an aircraft carrier and just yeeting it For to distance. New York City. <laughs> He just throws it in the air as retaliation. Like, oh, yeah, I want to. Yeah, I think I'm playing, playing. All right. Why do I have to be New York City all the time, though? That's what I, I don't know. <laughs> this is the thing. It's maximum casualties. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do, yeah, he just tosses it. And, and we got a little taste of that in the beginning of Black Adam. I did appreciate him just swapping and foddering. Yeah, and him just yeah. being as cool looking as possible. And then yeah. Michael Bay explosions. Like, <laughs> I mean, like he does the, the, amount, the, the, the amount of care for life that he exhibited <laughs> i yes. appreciated that black adam in the beginning i was like okay all right, right. Wayne, i'm here for this <laughs> yeah because once you get to the part where he's literally ripping people's faces off like palming people's faces and just pulling whatever he can uh it it, it it's a lot it's a lot uh, the citizens of New York flee as they believe the massive ship will land on them. We see Nightwing deal with some crooks who are taking advantage of the mayhem. And uh, we see Firestorm, who has the power of transmutation, turn the aircraft carrier into snow, saving the people of New York City. Uh, not all is good, though, because Martian Manhunter is still in space. <laughs> and he's still hearing the cries of every living being on Earth, including those uh, fearing going into battle with Black Adam, those preparing to go into battle with Black Adam and those who will never see or breathe <laughs> a, a word of Black Adam ever again. Bro, can you imagine being deployed on your first day and that's your first mission? Yes! A hundred percent. And th what starts to happen in this story is pretty interesting because um, seeing the pure malice, I believe, possibly in the mind or the heart of Black Adam, kind of disconnects John from humanity a bit. And so, like, even now, he's kind of like, I'm just going to watch. Like, I'm not, this is not really my planet. I'm not really 100% sure if I should even go back down there to handle stuff. Right? He shook the Martian Manhunter just yeah. from reading his mind. And, like, yeah. and don't forget, people, John is one of the most powerful, like, telepaths in DCU, in the DC universe. And Black I Adam love the shook character, him. bro. I love the character. They Recently in um, Scott Snyder's Justice League, he was a hallmark member of the Justice League. And I think in many ways, it's leader. He telepathically would link everybody. So when they spoke, yep. they would know and hear each other. All makes more sense, you know, like with, with him as the leader. But um, yeah, we'll see if they are able to do anything with him in the uh, new DCU. All right, that'd be great to see him. I, yeah, I think so. Um, <laughs> yeah, we need some Martian love. All, we need some Martian all. love. Where are the right. people at? Anyways, let's get our enthusiasm for DC movies out of the way with and stick to the <laughs> There you go. <laughs> well, suddenly, the body of Supergirl, who is thought to be lost through time, comes crashing towards Earth. Martian Manhunter phases to avoid collision. I love how he phases but doesn't catch her. He's right. just like, you can go through me, bro. Go ahead. Do it. Get where you got to go. She crashes to Earth. 
John does his best to steady his mind and observe people being brave in the face of fear. Like we see Harvey Dent taking down Killer Croc in Gotham. We see the Doom Patrol and Booster Gold confronting Adam in Italy. And Donna Troy, aka Wonder Girl, donning the Wonder Woman ar armor. People are stepping up around the world. Aquaman even makes a deal with the Sea Gods to save the, uh, his people and is transformed into a monster for his efforts. Uh, seeing all this, Johns initially believes that this planet will never be home, so I even care what happens to it. But upon witnessing so many people, including his friends, rally against the unbreakable will of Black Adam, he realizes that he has to join the fight before it's too late. And I love that he had to make up his mind about that. Like, he got his ass whooped yeah. so bad that he's like, maybe they should just, maybe, like, I, I should I, just uh, wish for the best. I should just like, wish for the best. Like, they got this. They don't really need me. Oh, daughter, short daughter. Oh, oh, they definitely got it. Like, but man, also, I'll, knowing John's, he couldn't stay in space and hear and, and feel every all of his friends dying. Could he? I don't think he could have stood back for long. No, he could have just left. That, that was like to Mars, <laughs> chill with Dr. Manhattan on Mars. Right, facts. He could he literally could have just left, but he chose to stay. He his humanity was shook, but a little bit like he still I think he felt a little bit of guilt. He felt a little bit guilty. Just that's why he stuck around. I mean, the major factor of this story is that a lot of the hero's journey kinda aside from the quips that you can get from different heroes and different teams here and there, is a lot of Martian Manhunter's reflection of what Black Adam is doing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, um, yeah, it's a Black Adam story, but it's a Black Adam story in the eyes of, you know, two to three titular characters. Well, the most important totally. being Martian Manhunter. So, And also this idea that, you know, regardless of his powers that were imbued by Egyptian gods, Teth Adam was born a regular human being. And Martian Manhunter can't discern whether or not black adam's callous rage is a human trait or a black adam trait he has enough evidence by things done around the world to say that humans just suck it's not just black adam he sucks now but all humans suck so <laughs> he's he's debating in his mind whether or not this this is a failure you know a, a failing project altogether um, and he talks a lot about both sides of humanity. He sees his friends rallying behind, you know, rallying together and trying to stop the seemingly unbeatable force. He sees that as all the good that humanity has to offer. When we, in the face of insurmountable odds, still get things done, like fly to the moon or uh, make hot pockets, things like that. Like we, as a species, are able to get things done even when the odds are against us. So him... He sees that in them, but he also sees the pettiness, the greed, the lies. He goes and he sees things that are going on between Waller and Checkmate and um, the DEO. Like He also sees that shady side of the governments where people are changing the lines on the map and people are you know, hiring Man. secret security forces. So he's like, which part of this is, real, is the real humanity? Is it the, is it the, those people that are constantly trying to cover their own ass and are willing to throw people under the bus and it doesn't matter about the body count? Or is it our friends, these young people who are going, you know, facing kind of certain death and are choosing to still do what's right? Um, it, I guess the answer to that depends on how you feel about humanity, you know? 
yeah. I don't think you should generalize generalize it either way. I think there's shitty people on shitty people and good people. I was gonna say there's good guys on both sides. No, I was gonna say, <laughs> I was gonna say that there's shitty people, you know, all around. But um, I he's having a very f- philosophical discussion with himself while a lot of a lot else is going on. I mean, uh, what year did World War Three come out again? Two thousand seven. Yeah. Oh yeah. There's, wow. there's, there's a lot of. I joined uh, the military the year after that. <laughs> I mean, just to um, emphasize, because you know, the literal name of it is World War Three, and considering that a lot of comics around that time had some sort of political motivation, um, you know, whether you want to see Black Adam as kind of like a device that spoke on kind of the atrocities that were happening in the middle east and the toppling of governments that happened on before that could be a bit of a stretch but it's not just that you know humanity is black or white it's kind of like shades of gray you know what i mean yeah like um facts the primary antagonist antagonist of this entire series isn't black adam it's a man of waller you know yeah point yeah. like sane and simple um yeah it's the government yeah man of waller. yeah um, could have just left the man alone, let him have his family, and you know, now we're looking at an event where um one of where a character that has just as much strength as Superman with enough magical power backing it, which would kind of make him like the weird stepchild yeah. of Wonder Woman and Superman is like now rampaging on the Yep. World. We have a worst case scenario, people. Yeah. I also think if you want to if you want to continue the social political talk, um, you know, we were a country uh, six years prior to this coming out that dealt with a very devastating terrorist attack, where people lost loved ones. Very similar to Black Adam, and very similar to Black Adam, they wanted to generalize an entire population and felt like all of them should suffer for the the pain and the agony that this country felt on that day. Were they? Uh, um, were they right? Are they righteous in that moment? Is any vengeance righteous? I can understand the immediate need or want to get your pound of flesh when you feel like you've been done wrong, but it's never okay. It's never okay to generalize whole groups, whole uh, religions or, or people because you've been slighted by you know a bit of them. Maybe I'm talking a little bit to Ye in this moment. <laughs> No, no, you're right. You are totally right. Don't, don't, like, you know, just crucify an entire group or people just because of the actions of one or a few. Like, you know, every organization, group, clique, whatever, has a few bad apples, but you don't judge the whole group. Everyone's different. Everyone's built differently. We might have like mindsets, but everyone doesn't think the same, you know? Yeah. In a lighthearted comparison, a, a guy might have a bad experience with a girl and be like, well, all women are whatever. And you can't tell me anything different because I, this is my personal experience with them. Um, a lot of people have a hard time seeing the forest through the trees. They have a hard time seeing mm-hmm. their, their beef with whatever society, a gender, a religion, um, and seeing it as just that a petty squandering where there's a there's a bigger problem at hand you're too cowardly to face that so you've now lashed out at the world and i totally believe that adam thinks that he's justified in what he's doing 
because of what has been taken from him. But if you start to allow for that level of justification, once you're being done wrong, you're opening the floodgates up for a lot of stuff to go wrong, you know? And I, yeah. I, I think that's what is interesting about Superman and his level of super restraint, but they also play around with that with injustice when somebody takes something that is close to him and how he reacts. I mean, another, know, thing that, <clears throat> another thing that just needs to be established is that like the only answer that Black Adam can come up with is pure brute force. Because in a way, he is a man out of time. You know, uh, he's in the situation that he's in right now. Um, like, he didn't plan ahead for it, you know? And that's kind of like one of the things that... Mm, how do I say this? It's kind of like the Batman aspect that he's missing. The level of espionage and not just restraint, but self-awareness of what could be going on around you without you realizing it. I don't think, like... Um, like, Kondok was founded on this really old age, I like this kind of old age romanticization that Black Adam had without any of that new age flair of, hey, security cameras might be a good idea. You know what I mean? Yeah, instead of yeah, not, somebody's flying yeah. over the world and <laughs> killing yeah, Jay right, yeah. or whatever. <laughs> like, literally every nation in the world was surveillancing Kondok to a certain degree, and Kondok's just like, we're just going to sit here. Like, yeah. You know, sure, we have like probably the most powerful superhero here, and that won't justify everyone to fuck off in the long run, but we should be fine. It's like, no, no, you're not. <laughs> I also think there's a little bit of Wen Wu in this from Shang-Chi, this idea that everything was fine when I was killing everybody. And the second I put my weapons down, and the second I decided to fall in love, Y'all took everything from me. So obviously what you're trying to tell me is I was right in the first round. Well, we're just killing everybody. Yeah, no, <laughs> classic, classic case of like a character changing for something. And when they lose that something, they go right back to what they were before the change. Yeah, yep. I think it would, could be in this case where when Wu goes Black Adam and not the other way around. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah, because remember the Mandarin was they, they changed the entire um they they changed the entire plot and bio. He was green. Before. Yeah, it's like yeah. he had the rings. <laughs> then found love, lost when he put down the rings, lost love, picked up the rings again to go because he was being talked to by interdimensional dragon that sucks souls. <laughs> you know, as everyone. Because comics. Pause. Pause. Let me stop. <laughs> So, being oh, hold still, on. That, that's where Shang-Chi lost me, by the way. For those of you who know, that's when they got Marvel y, when the dragon the, came out of the nowhere. Dre I'm the like, Dweller in the Dark. I yeah, I'm like, okay, I that's when this became a Marvel movie for me. <laughs> the, the thing with Shang-Chi for me, like, and I, I don't know why we're bringing this up. I but, shouldn't be. Let, let me just state this, state this for Shang-Chi. Because we have so many corners of the Marvel Universe that were being explored. Oh, yeah, I could see that being a thing. Sure, I'll let it happen. And then I just, like, let my mind just take the back seat and watch the rest of the movie. I got to so. beef with Dweller in the Dark, but we already spoke, A-Rob, about that first villain being some a bit of a alley-oop kind of, you know? Oh, yeah. Like a bit of a alley-oop. So hopefully something a bit stronger uh, in the next iteration. But John's is still being a punk. He goes to Earth as a little girl again. He's like, I'm just going <laughs> to... I'm not ready to go down there to fight. He goes down there as a little girl, and he looks. At, he just looks over the pure wreckage that Adam's rage has wrought all over Italy. His connection to humanity wavers because he wallows in the sea of all the agony, the distrust, the fear, the anger, and the profound sadness around him. Again, he's not. He doesn't know if he can trust humanity because 
this is an example of what humanity can be. Yeah. Um, just then the JSA shows up and he's like, oh, well, you know, there's good in, in the world too. And they show up and they um, are taking care of the wounded. Uh, Johns uses his psychic skills to search for Adam. And it turns out he's in Greece doing battle with the Teen Titans. And he immediately says something like, it's children fighting a god. Like, this is not going to go well. And I'm like, you are 100% right, You Jones. are entirely right. I was, I was afraid. I was afraid for the Titans reading it. I was, I was entirely <laughs> afraid. I'm like, y'all not ready. Because I think they had, like, uh, Shazam guy goes on. Because, like, they've seen how Shazam fights. Oh, he holds back. And now that he's... Yeah, but they, 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 were, they weren't prepared. No. No, they were not they even were not close. ready. Um, they prove to be no match. Adam knocks out Zatara. Frankenstein grabs him. He rips off both arms of Frankenstein. Hold him. And then he flies away. He's just like, uh, uh, y'all done. Y'all deal with that. So John uses a human form to visit the site of their battle and witnesses the carnage Adam brings with him. He sees young Frankenstein still alive, armless, and tries to enter his mind, but in doing so becomes the only person to see the light leave his eyes as he succumbs to his injuries. And I'm like, damn. <laughs> yeah, he's like, damn. Because he goes, oh, he's still alive. Let me see. And nope, light flickers out. He's gone. Um, the Titans follow Adam to the Himalayas, where Hawk and Dove engage him in the air. Adam is even madder at the Teen Titans than anybody else because Osiris used to be on the Teen Titans. So he demands vengeance for the death of Osiris because he's like, he was one of Yah and Yah yeah protected him. Um, so oh. Terra, Terra, oh, you know, my goodness, not good, Terra. Old, good old Terra, <laughs> who obviously has some redeeming to do. You know, Terra started off as a villain in the Teen Titans, G Teen Titans Judas contract. Probably uh, one of the weirdest relationships in, in DC Comics for weird, me. In incredibly I mean, pervy. <laughs> I mean, here, here's the one thing I'm going to just say. And, uh, so for those who aren't initiated into comic books, but only know about Terra from Teen Titans TV show, uh, there, there, there's a little research that you might want to do there. Yes, and sir. the research being that Slade and Terra are in a romantic relationship while she's like double crossing um, Teen Titans. Spoiler alert, the comic's been out since like what? God knows how long, so I'll deal with it. And the one Ooh, thing like I'm gonna say is eighties, seventies. Yeah, the one thing I'm gonna just say is this: um, like Slade Wilson was an all-around badass, and I think the only way that they could really label him as a villain is by making him a pedophile. So, yeah, you know, um, that's one way to make someone a villain. I know this is a bit of a uh, uh, tangent, but are you aware of how they recently framed this in most recent times, as of last year? This relationship between the two. I'm, I'm interested in seeing how this. Uh... Okay, so they came out with a book called "The Other History of the DC Universe," written by uh, the Twelve Years a Slave screenwriter John Ridley, um, and he basically says this: um, Byron, Byron Markov, which is her brother, the Crown Prince of Markovia, who battled alongside uh, us under the codename Geo Force, had a half sister, Tara. Like Byron, Tara had been given elemental abilities, and like Byron, Tara became a hero who fought with the Teen Titans under the codename Terra. History will record Terra as a traitor who sided with Slade Wilson, Deathstroke, in plotting the Titans' demise. Terra was crazy, the meme went. Terra was psychotic. And then when Terra died by her own hands, Terra got what she deserved. History has a convenient way of blaming the victim. Slade Wilson t raped Tara Markov. Not with physical force. He coerced an underage, mentally unstable girl into having sexual relations with him again and again and again. And Slade used that sexual dominance to manipulate Tara. 
Basically, Tara was trafficked. Slade was a known villain, but there was a legion of respectable men, giants of business and politics and media, who were with hor horrific regularity using their positions to influence or the positions of influence to drag women into the shadows of society and do to them what Slade had done to Tara for many okay, that's years. That's actually surprisingly good taste. I was actually very scared for a second. With the rape? <laughs> the rape? I mean, rape I mean, it, no, but, like, you gotta call Slade a spade. He, that, that is statutory, you know. Um, yeah. So, yeah, you know. I, I, yeah, that, that even makes Slade more villainy. So, you know. Yeah, yeah I, 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 I like to call it what it was. Hateable. Yeah, I like to just call it what it was. You understand? Know like, we're in a we're, yeah. in age, we're in an age right now where the people are getting called out, and regardless of what you want to think about it, some people think it's accountability, some people think it's cancel culture. But in this instance, that literally is what happened. So he just put it kind of how it is. So in that mindset of realizing that Tara is coming from a problematic story and even a problematic characterization she is now a full-fledged member of the teen titans and she is fighting on behalf of good and she sees black adam flying through the air so she takes two big boulders and tries to smash uh, uh black adam but <laughs> when that doesn't work our man adam uh <laughs> he punches through her torso he omni mans her shit oh omni man deal deal like son sunday laundry fam he injustice supermans her many 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 people he literally puts his arm right through this 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 young uh hero it's freaking heartbreaking um i can believe what, what i was reading what's even more heartbreaking is he does this and then he flies away and there's a, a conversation had about following him and, and 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 you know like getting on his tail and getting back on him and raven basically cries to beast boy that instead of doing that they should um stay to tend to their wounded and ultimately bury their dead like tara and man god like ah uh, i i feel so bad I feel so freaking bad. Raven, um, if you don't lose your shit right now and merc this man, now yeah, stop. Yeah. Oof, man. Yo, that's dark. That's it, it, it's hard to realize that you've you've been got. Like you've that you can't there's nothing you can do to fight that man. And not only that, if you try again, you'll lose more people. You're losing people at every instance that you're tackling him. So a leader has to make a decision in that moment, and Beast Boy being the leader of the Titans in this iteration, he says, Stay back. We're gonna bury Terra and tend to the wounded. Um, Yo, man, Black Adam is the definition of instant smoke on sight. On should, facts, it's all if, sight. If you give him a reason, you know, I feel like some people took that without the reason part, and then you just get moments of, you know, gratuitous Adamness. I'm gonna stick but, to what I said. That man is instant smoke on sight. <laughs> Right, because I, like, I why is Black Adam here? Clearly, he's gonna catch a body. Somebody did something to Condock. Who did it? Why is oh, he yeah, here? He's, he is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he's not gonna do much talking either. Facts. Um, John seems moved by the human ability to do something terrible in service of something good and goes back to undo his original sin. When he landed on Earth, he assumed the identity of the dead uh, man, John Jones, so he could walk amongst humans as a cop, knowing he had to do what's right. Uh, he reveals himself because he like i can't be just like them lying constantly and deceiving and all this kind of stuff i need a fresh start so he basically goes to work as john jones and then just transforms into the marching man in front of everybody to be like yeah hey what's up this is who i really am and then he flies away um 
knowing he has to do what's right, uh, he also goes to the building that housed his private investigation headquarters, and he just torches it. And he says it's time for all of this to end. Um, Manhunter looks on as the heroes from the JSA, Justice League, and others huddle on the Great Wall of China as Black Adam does battle with the Great Ten, a group of Chinese superheroes um, that he handles basically single-handedly. <laughs> What's interesting is... Basically the Chinese version of the Avengers. <laughs> yeah, it went from the Great Ten to was the Great Ten, basically. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the Great Negative Ten. And so... Far. Um, yes. <laughs> They, I love that there's a there's a huge splash page. This issue starts off with a big splash page of all those heroes and Adam Smasher huge in the middle. You know, they're all ready to fight Black Adam, but because of international laws, they don't want to just run up in China and start handling him. So they're literally at the Great Wall of China waiting the signal from China uh, to be able to come in and, and, and tackle the situation at hand. Um, John's eavesdrops on all those heroes and he's surprised that instead of talking about the impending battle, they're all just kind of talking about their lives and stuff. And he feels like it might distract them from the horrors that they're going to face when they eventually take on Black Adam, which, yeah, yeah, that's what, that's what I do. <laughs> um, they await orders from China so as to not cross their borders illegally. And when China gives the word, the full might of Earth's superheroes, along with Martian Manhunter, who is now down finally down to join the fight uh they all confront adam so yeah they're like all right we're all here we're gonna go take on black adam adam breaks Gry gardner's ribs adam Ooh. chokes dr light until she passes out jesus uh, he just starts knocking the like i said running a swath just knocking people out punching them oh my god um <sighs> and Ad, um john jones starts to say like this is different than I've ever seen him fight. Like every swing that he's doing is for the kill. Like he Facts. wants to murder everyone around him. He, he, he literally to... every move, every punch was with intent to kill. And he was yeah. saying that, like, yeah. absolutely, because he's a warrior. What's the point of fighting if you're not fighting to kill? Like, and I, and he, I love at this point, right? He's scarred. He's his hair's all messed up. He's, he's bloody. He bruised. <laughs> People have been beating on this man <laughs> from all over. Uh, and yeah, he he just starts uh, taking on all these people. John starts to think that Adam is no different than the legions of evil men who hurt others for no reason, and thus he can be stopped as well. Elsewhere, the Chinese government considered nuking Adam. This was a full year before they did it in the uh, no, a full forty five years before they did it in the Avengers when they're like, yeah, shit's getting too tough over there in New York. I think we're just gonna nuke the whole thing. <laughs> Fuck right? Fuck it. This just some guy always ready to nuke. They, they, I think they were gonna what? do it in um BVS too, weren't they on Strikers Island? They're gonna nuke. Yeah, they're, like, they're gonna crazy. nuke it. <laughs> we're they're just gonna, gonna nuke it. it. Actually, they, yeah, they sent the nuke and they literally while Superman and Doomsday. Oh, you're like, right. Let's take out two birds, one stone. Yeah, you're out. right. Yeah, when everything gets too crazy, I think there's just somebody. They spend a lot of money on these nukes and never get to shoot them. I think there's somebody just trigger happy on the whole nuke yeah, part of this. Yeah, you know? right. that's a whole meme too in the military. Like, there's somebody just like ready, just like, are we, are we doing it? World War Three? Oh no. Okay. Yeah, they're like somebody right. left the uh, somebody didn't restock the toilet paper, and the guy's like, nuke? Are we nuking? Is that is nuking? that a nuke? Is that a nuke worthy? <laughs> you know, right, please don't steal Peter's lunch. He will, <laughs> will send the nukes. Please don't. He will don't. be nuked. <laughs> but yeah, they're ready to they're ready to take they're ready to blow up Black Adam and. If they kill all the other heroes, that's just collateral damage in stopping this tyrant from going around and, and murdering a bunch of people if it gets out of hand. 
Still, the heroes on the ground are tireless in their pursuit of justice against Adam, and their determination motivates Martian Manhunter, who engages Adam one-on-one -on -one again, a rematch of the century from the beginning of this story. Unlike last time, Martian Manhunter reveals that he only stands in the way... Oh, sorry, Martian Manhunter realizes that only he stands in the way between Adam and a more senseless death. Martian Manhunter is top tier as far as power levels are in DC Universe. Yeah, facts. Like, literally, he's Superman's even commented that he's someone, depending on who's writing, that he's stronger than him on some occasions. Exactly. Right? So, I think Manhunter realizes in this instance, if, it, if it's not him, like, literally everyone else is going to fall. Like, one by one, they're all going to get murdered, hands through them like puppets, the whole situation. <laughs> so, it's up, it really is up to him. Great power, great responsibility moment here. It's still my puppets. Yeah, puppets, bro. So imagine if you just gave him a red lantern ring and a yellow, and a yellow lantern ring. Uh, oh, Jesus. There's a, he has an evil version of himself, I want to say, called Furnace? Or Ooh. something, which is pretty funny, right? Uh, Martian Manhunter. Oh. Uh, oh. Oh, yeah. Hold uh, on. That's like an Elseworlds kind of story. Oh, yeah. Furnace. He's got out F E R N U S. Um, and he is like, he's in, he's covered in flames. He's an alternate psyche that developed when Martian Mount Hunter unlocked his genetic memories. The Justice League stopped its attempts. Uh, to destroy humanity and replace it with its own offspring. So yeah, he went big bad too. They all do. <laughs> and his uh, bad version is called Furnace. Kind of so, like he had like a Century Void uh, kind of thing going on. Magus. Uh, yeah, Magus, Adam Warlock. Adam Warlock yeah. yeah, that's a whole thing. These people need to get their <laughs> personalities in order. Deadpool, Deadpool. Dead, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, Deadpool, man, Deadpool, Deadpool, and Deadpool. And don't forget Deadpool. <laughs> As they fight Black... As they fight, Black Adam tries to convince him that he's on the wrong side. I love this part because he's like, bro, you lost people too. Like, you should be murking these people just like me. I seen <laughs> your mind. He deadass says, like, I, I went calm on you and Bialia because, like, we are, are the of the same kin. Like, we are both people who fucking lost people and we're just trying to make life mean something again. Um, but when that doesn't work, he just goes back to beating the shit out of Marshall Manhunter and he lands in a bloody heap, Manhunter does. Adam gloats and he goes for the killing blow, but he's eventually held back by the JSA. And Manhunter uses this opportunity to go into Adam's mind again, but this time he forces him to see and feel all the pain that John Jones felt in his life, combined with all the death that Black Adam caused around the globe. So I'm looking at this scene because it's very similar to the beginning, and I'm like, oh my God, is Adam going to sit there and get into a fetal position and start crying? No, he's like annoyed. He's like he's like like moderately pissed off that this is going yeah. on. He's not That's screaming. Bad. He's not. He's just like, what are you doing? He, oh. he literally said, "Come, fools! This is your end. Like, come. This is the end. Like, he he. It was literally a spread of all the DC heroes, like Teen Titans, the Doom Patrol. You have Star Girl, Firestorm, the Wonder, like like two, like Guy Gardner, uh, John, like uh, the other Green Lantern that has a red shirt with the green cape." Like yeah. everyone was involved in trying to take this man out. <laughs> yep, yep. And he's the and still John's is supposed to be the big person. He gets knocked out. And again, giving him the biggest psychic attack that he could. Black Adam's still like, as soon as I get out of this, bro. <laughs> he's like, as soon as I as soon as I get out of this, bro. As soon as I get out of this. Um, so uh this annoys Adam, but it distracts him long enough for Shazam to call down the lightning. That transforms him back into his mortal self. Man, the that whole scene was dope. Yep. 
The explosion knocks Manhunter out, and he awakens changed forever, both physically and mentally, as a result of what almost became World War III. From their satellite base, the monitors declare the end of World War III in, uh, in, intended as the war of one man against the whole world, but they do express fear for an even darker event looming over the Earth, and when the monitors show up, there's a crisis around the corner. Uh, I believe this one will be the final one, or final in name only, because we're about to get about six other ones <laughs> <laughs> after the fact. But I do, I do love how Jagan put it. After a reread for my notes, this is kind of sort of a Martian Manhunter story more so than it is a bit, Black yeah. Adam story. But I love Black Adam being positioned as that opposite, you know? And now that I just said all this, God, Lee, they're going to do this for Superman, aren't they? They're going to make Superman so. the Martian man. Because I can see him being like, I don't know about these people. My mom said, fuck them. Maybe. Because we got that in Man of Steel a little bit. <laughs> That's all they that do. Little bit, the moment he just looks up and he's like, I don't know if I should save these people or not, even though they're all worshiping me and got their hands over me. And like, he's like, what? Look at all these people trying to touch me. I'm getting out of here. This is this is creepy. These, all these humans. He shows up what? late for the hurricane flying over the person's house. Like, what? What? I saw the symbol. What do you want? <laughs> like, what? What? What do you want? I got it. I was in the bathtub with Lois, and you just showed up doing this, this madness over here, calling for me. I don't know, man. I know for a fact, I am happy that Cavill is back. I am sad that we lost a Revia from... Uh, from Netflix for that, but I'm also really just upset that like, how do I put this? I'm 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 happy that the Snyderverse won't see its whole fruition. Like when I saw the um outline, and I think me and George had discussed it on two to three different occasions. Terrible outline. <laughs> like <laughs> I don't know where they're gonna go with Man of Steel two. Um, I'm not sure where they're gonna go with like Black Adam two. I do it know. Better be Brainiac, I, huh? From Man of Steel two, better be Brainiac. I hope not, because I don't trust them or doing. Dark Brainiac. Like, I, don't, I don't see them doing Brainiac right. Um, that's my entire thing. They're gonna try to do Ultron, just with the Brainiac name slap on it. That's my issue with that. Um, I'd rather Marvel they do something like Prius. Yeah. I'd rather they do someone like Prius uh, or the Bottle City of Candor, um, where you know, like that they could eventually connect to Brainiac, because I think Brainiac is like the titular big bad for um, Superman, but. I, I do think that um, I don't think it's going to be that cut and dry for that Superman versus Black Adam thing. I do know that the reason that they probably um, like pushed the Shazam story, like Shazam, like they delayed its release, was probably so they could get a couple of cutscenes in because it's not going to be a Superman versus Black Adam thing. It's going to be Superman and Shazam versus Black Adam. I think it's going to be like that animated special that had came out where Definitely. you know, yeah, I, that's that's generally why I think it's starting to look like now. Um, still mad. I'm still mad because Billy should get that fight by his own. He should. He should. No, he shouldn't. Earn no, that. Shouldn't. He should I'm, earn that fight. I'm on the fence no. with with Warner Brothers. They they're not gonna allow a kid getting his ass whipped on screen by a grown adult, even though yeah. he's in an adult man's body. Like, <laughs> I mean, there's no, there's almost no scene more powerful than watching uh, Tom Holland all beat up, bleeding, and seeing uh, what's his face talking shit about him on the big screen. <laughs> J. Jonah Jameson, he done lost his aunt. Fucking arm is broken goblin. by shot in the leg. Green Goblin messed Peter. And he got. Uh, and that's the thing you you don't get that shock value unless you're willing to do that to maybe people that people care about, which is which like, like I said, Billy Batson in this. The fact that I mean, who's to say that like 
Black Adam won't run up on the Shazam family and beat the shit out of them. That's what it's literally looking like. I don't I don't see I don't see Zachary Levy Shazam like you know and his and his um team of um Shazam family members like jumping Black Adam. They're like, hey, oh, no. lightning sign. No, no, <laughs> run. They're, like, they're gonna get folded. <laughs> Something has to put them on the collision course. Oh, it's, something is, and it's going to be Black Adam. He's going to be the one. That, <laughs> he, bro, how do I put it this way? He's going to beat the shit out of them so bad and kick them out of the Rock of Eternity, and then he's going to take his seat on that throne that um was meant to have his place. You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah. He did kill That's all those old wizards, and yeah. I think the, the last wizard, I think he's supposed to die in the Fear of Gods. So, yeah, awesome. like the Rock of Eternity, all that power is up for grabs. That's another movie that's kind of been hiding its main main villain. I mean, they've said Helen Helen Mirren's in it playing a god of 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 sorts, but yeah, there's two not, goddesses. Yeah, they're not really going hard on showing that. DC always worries me when that happens. The same thing what happened with Sabak. He was shown in a couple scenes. You didn't know his name, and he ultimately ends up being kind of nothing in the film. So, you know, I'm I'm very curious to see. I'm curious to see what busy work they give Shazam because ultimately he should just be fighting Black Adam, but because he can't, they now have to make a movie where he just does almost literally anything else but fight the one thing that he's meant to in his whole comic book history, which feels like a divergence that's not necessary unless you want to be the most electrifying man in the box office for DC Comics, which, as we've now seen, you know, he is a tried and true moneymaker. He does make these things go well hopefully with his star power and the new helms the people new uh, helming the new version of the dc universe for dc studios uh hopefully all of that brings us up to something a bit better than what we currently got but only way to know is to stay tuned yeah well you know i'm I'm just really glad that ezra miller is a problematic and that you know flash jesus Warner Brothers, y'all have one job with this Ezra Miller. Like the like the fact that they they're still allowing it to happen with all all the all everything that he's done with his little one little apology, and they're still allowing this movie to happen. If they don't get Grant Gunston, if they don't get this man on the silver screen, Grant Gunston, thank you, Gunston. One more time, yes, Gunston. Okay, if they don't get this man on screen, they're, they're 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 dropping the ball hard. Like the fan yeah. outpour for this man to be in the movies is ridiculous. Yes, dude. I mean, there's good faith out there. There are little little pockets of good faith in the DC universe, and when they are when they do things to appeal to those pockets, they usually do well. It's when they act like they have to reintroduce everybody because they have a lack of faith in their own properties. You know, they, they've made money with other heroes besides the Trinity for decades, whether it's comic books, animated series, toys, video games, all, all that. They need more confidence in their work so they can do stuff like, we're going to fight a big starfish alien. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> if you want to get there, you don't get there with confidence. You only get there with going, people will buy this, trust me. I'll get it to the point where people will buy this. But I feel like they're in a, in a bit of a, a lazy situation now where they're like, well, we know what they we know what they will buy already, so let's just do that. And we've done it before, yeah. so let's just do it again. And, I think and, and James Gunn delivered on that because, like, you know, he made a talking tree and a raccoon household names. Yeah. I mean, the one thing I am also going to just point out is that I really do feel like, oof, I really do feel like 
they kind of muddled the purpose of certain characters initially with Snyderverse. And now if they're not sticking to I it, agree. they kind of need to really just um, hone in on sensible business decisions. Like, mm-hmm. I can see where you're coming from it both within, like, a fan's point of view. But as a fan's point of view, and as a person who, like, um, who champions the business approach, I'm still lost as to what would possess someone to spending $90 million <laughs> on a movie with, with Michael Keaton. Wait, with Michael Keaton, Brendan Fraser, okay, isn't a Batman Beyond movie and is Batwoman, and then say we're going to pull out of this now. That still to me, um, wow. That that was wow, wow. That was probably the crux of when you say it like that. that. Yeah, man. I'm like, yo, you you literally could have found someone to play Terry McGinnis, and can you Anyone. imagine the amount of hype um, that would have surrounded a Batman Beyond movie yeah, after on Batman? The internet. Batman Beyond would have broke the internet. Marvel would have to like literally had to respond with Bat with Spider Man 2099. Just they would have had to. I mean, we already have yeah, Spider-Man that's coming. coming out from the. I mean, yeah, it's coming, but, like, but they would have marketed him more if that would have came out. If Batman Beyond came out, <laughs> yeah. I'm like at this point, like, and here's the thing that's really important for people to understand: Kevin Feige wants DC to succeed because when DC Gosh. succeeds, Marvel Sony, to, you know, um, I have no comment on what Sony's doing right now. I'm so confused. I mean, I'm very hyped for the Madam Web cast for reasons that yeah, don't sure. necessarily have to do with the plot <laughs> right. do you for think sure. do you but, think 50 cent is sitting there stressing about how much money young buck is making he don't give a damn <laughs> ain't gonna bother his bottom line ain't gonna change nothing in fact he don't give a a uh uh ants whisper about what the hell is going on i just saw your spit fly too that's how serious you were about that. i am so Dude. serious I'm so serious that he's so not serious about them being competition <laughs> that I believe he would do something, I don't know, like allow them to shoot an entire post credit scene for his fucking show on their lot because he doesn't care. And he did that for Peacemaker. He allowed Ezra Miller and he allowed, had he known about Ezra Miller, he probably wouldn't have allowed it, but he allowed Ezra oh. Miller and Aquaman to shoot a post credit kind of ditty for Peacemaker on the set of freaking... Uh, I think it was Guardians or something like that. Oh, yeah, because it was James Gunn. Guardians. Use Marvel cameras. Use a Marvel set. Use Marvel headquarters. The whole shit. Don't care. Man does not care. He couldn't, couldn't be bothered. You know, so. On a business level, he don't care. But as a fan, I feel like he cares. Nah, he's, he, he wants this. to succeed, though. Because you need to understand like this, Rob. It's just like, how do I put this? Pop culture, and this is why I don't understand about people who get upset when people start liking things, okay? You want more fans. They spend more money. Your IP will grow more prominently. You should want that type of success to kind of shine through. And for DC, it's really apparent. Like, it's kind of bizarre that we've had, like, out of every single person, besides, um, I think, Van Kilmer, to play <laughs> Batman... Somehow Ben Affleck's doesn't hold up as well as the animated series Batman. You Which know what I mean? It's crazy. Yeah. And but meanwhile, like Christian Bale and Robert Pattinson, who was it, mind you, in Twilight, are able to have their names up there in terms of prominence. So all in all, like DC kind like Marvel knows that. Kevin Feige more specifically knows the more popular superhero movies get the more serious that their narrative gets the more p- 
people are going to go out to see them generally. And imagine, yeah. like, Mar- Marvel's probably been waiting for a good weekend where DC <laughs> would release a movie on the same weekend just so that Ooh. both can enjoy the back-to-back box office tickets. You know what I mean? Like, Even if they're doing it in the same month. No, 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 same weekend, because you, you want people to visit, like, you want someone to go buy a ticket and then go, oh, well, the DC movie's out now, maybe I should just get a ticket for that, and go and check that out, too. Like, that's just, like, yeah. the bare-bones economics of um, being able to, like, make money on two fronts, and that will actually give you a much closer competition on the box office, aside from critical reception and reviews, that shows... um. Of a very how would I say it, a blunt and obvious um, number that you can put the success towards, based off tickets. But you know, it's not looking like that right now. Um, it's not going to be like that for a while. I will never, I, I will never in my life, I think, see within the next two to three years, DC release the same movie on the same weekend as a Marvel movie. You know what I mean? And let's face it, can you imagine how shitty? The Rock had to have felt when <laughs> when Ryan Reynolds announced Deadpool three <laughs> with 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 um with Hugh Jackman like you you realize that he he messed up on SDCC by stating that you know Black Adam can beat Superman in a fight that was actually supposed to be kind of like the hint towards the post credit scene but it backfired on him and then Ryan Reynolds just comes out like yeah so hey Hugh you want to come back. Sure. Yeah, and then the Ant Man trailer drops, and a week after Black Adam talked about it, everyone's talking about King. Yeah, yep, yep. we was kings. All right, I'm gonna need Ooh. you to chill with that. That's just, <laughs> that's just what it was. This is what it was. But we'll be following each and every twisted turn in this weird story that is the DCE, uh, the DCU. Sorry, the rebrand. Right, um, rebrand. Also, the Wait, MCU. It's a DCU now. Yes. To be fair. It was never officially the DCEU. We kind of put that on on them. No, I think that was their entire business approach to it. Eventually, it you started hearing about that, but Snyder's it was Snyderverse. That was his whole thing, and then we we coined a, a weird extended universe thing, and I think they ended up taking it after the fact. But I think it was one of those things that, um, like a blogger, yeah, came up like with we the fans started that extended universe, and they just ran with it. Because no, I started seeing hashtag extended universes on their pages and stuff about about like the animated shows and like just the shows in general because of the multiverse that they had. They had the DC. Shows. They had the DCAU, the DC, the DCCU, which was comics universe, and then the DCEU, which was yeah. the extended. Universe. But anyways, I'm gonna let so you. So it says. So it says, upon announcement of the film series, the universe was commonly called the DC Cinematic Universe by fans. Keith Stadtwix. Writing for Entertainment Weekly, jo- jokingly coined the term DC Extended Universe in an article about uh, Batman versus Super. That's what I'm saying. They ain't, they ain't, they're not. Sm- <laughs> in an article wow, about so Batman versus Superman in July of 2015, the term in the av- abbreviation DCEU quickly spread amongst the press and fans, thinking of it as the official name of the franchise over the following years. According to Vulture writer Abraham Reisman, DC confirmed to him in September 2017 that the term was not used internally and they did not consider it official. That's what I'm saying. They would get made fun of. God damn. Because the fandom has put more importance on what they do than what they... 
they're writing canon, right? They're 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 filling plot holes. They're doing everything that DC doesn't want to do. And if their fans continue to do so, why would DC have to bother even trying? I mean, but- one of the funny things is that like I don't even think Warner Brothers cares for superhero movies. They just kept doing it, and now they're just like, well, we're like two feet in, and we can't get out. And each time we try to do something, we get criticized for it. Ugh, it's and we dig ourselves a little bit deeper. Just a bit, man. And you're running out of the shovels. But I think that I could be completely on the wrong side of history. This is the first step in one of many. Um, you've now heard us discuss a DC Comics story with a character that we've now just seen portrayed and how the difference, uh, what the difference is. So possibly they could be going closer and closer to their comic book um, iterations and that would serve promising for that studio but aside from that we still have independent uh, projects that are being greenlit like joker 2 the batman that won't exactly deal with the things from black adam and stuff like that Thanks they're having God. their cake they can eat it too um <laughs> they're having their cake and they can eat it too i'm just starting to get allergic to cake but next time uh we talk on this podcast we'll be chatting up about doom war to get ready for Black Panther Wakanda Forever and then our Black Adam Wakanda Forever ever recap and review uh, will be coming shortly. But you have to make sure that you're following us in this journey between the MCU, the DCEU, all this stuff going on to places like Dark Horse, Image, Boom Comics. We're doing all of that at comicbookclick.com. It's the one stop for everything comic book click. Articles written by us, merchandise, and every single episode of the Major Issues podcast. That's over 250 episodes, absolutely free of charge. But if you guys do want to help us monetarily, there's several ways you can consider doing so. First and foremost, if you go to comicbookclick.com and hit that shop CBC link, you can purchase an exclusive piece of merchandise designed by myself, one of a kind, and we get kickbacks for each and every purchase being done on there. We actually just put up a T'Challa Forever t-shirt. Hopefully, the the mouse hasn't taken it down by the time uh, you hear this podcast, but that is currently (laughs) out and on sale for as little as 14 bucks. So consider getting some thing uh at our t public store by hitting that shop cbc link you could also consider becoming a patreon at patreon.com slash cbc clubhouse where for as little as three dollars a month ten cents a day change you can find in your couch you can help us keep our lights on here as we do everything for you guys free of charge uh but supporting us in that way not only helps us with a little finances we have here and there but with equipment purchases subscriptions all that kind of stuff so thanks to those who have already been helping us out there but that's always an option uh if you have no money consider rating and reviewing us on itunes because that's the quickest way for us to grow as a podcast and find out what you guys like and what you don't it's how people can be recommended to the podcast and the more fans that we get the bigger the click grows and i've been to the future where we do become the latest and greatest thing to come to comic books comic book media i can't tell you how we do it because if i do i'll break the timeline and in that timeline uh the rock will be heading uh mcu studios and i don't you don't want to see what that looks like so Lord. let's get far 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 away from that as possible get on and the bandwagon be, yes and <laughs> i'll be on, bad as hell <laughs> as you should be as you should be get on the bandwagon before the bandwagon becomes full we are extending our reach across social media hit us up at facebook.com slash comic book click instagram at comic book click use that hashtag comic book click to talk about the newest hottest ladies and greatest things to come to comic book to comic book media we're also at major issues cbc on twitter and across all those social medias we're doing fun stuff like tournaments 
spotlights uh spooky character spotlights for halloween we'll be thinking about something for november and dropping things like the podcast schedule and all the latest and greatest news to come to this beautiful beautiful medium that we like talking about but i believe that's all that i've got a rob you do some work over there on the twitch let the people know what you're up to Yo, 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 I'm out here streaming on Twitch. The boy name is Omega Avenger 26. I'm also out here on basically every social media. A-Rob the Marvel God. You can search me on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter. I'm out here just serving up all the memes, all the jokes, all the latest and greatest Marvel content. You know, I'm out here. I'm an aficionado enthusiast. Check me out. <laughs> yes, he is. Do you have anything you want to plug, Jagan? Do you want to tell people be safe? What do you want? What do you want? What you got? Um... Well, I didn't really think this through. I had something in my mind for a second, but uh, yeah, make sure to follow us on all appropriate social media. One of the things that I will say that we are going to be following up on soon that I will be working with Rob with is we might be having an outline of graphic novellas from other countries. So if you are a fan awesome. of manga, and was, make sure to shoot us um, a DM on our Facebook page to give us any recommendations, and I will make Rob read that just for you. <laughs> That, that's awesome and i'm I'm telling you uh you know as somebody who's watched this uh brand grow just over the last year we have some really really big fun ideas for 2023 uh so follow us as we continue to finish out this year strong and come back next year even stronger but my name is george serrano aka the don my name is Aaron robinson aka a rob the marvel guy I'm Jagan, and I'm better than you. You just don't know it yet. <laughs> and this has been our World War Three recap and review. And remember, whether you're a being full of rage, where you're your hero that just needs some prep time, or whether you think you're the most electrifying man winning sports entertainment and superhero entertainment, remember that we are the click, and always remember that you, yes, you are worthy. Worthy. <laughs>